0: Welcome back. This is Head Full of Hannibal, your Baltimore-based Hannibal podcast. This is Amy. I'm Jen. Producer Justin is hanging out on the couch today. Um, We are here to take a step away from what we usually do and talk about something that is not Hannibal. Today we're going to talk about The Untamed, the Chinese (laughs) sea drama that uh, has kind of taken over our lives over the last year. I'd say not quite the same way that Hannibal did, Jen, but it's been pretty uh, (laughs) all-consuming over the last year.
1: It's been good to switch from um, a place where people are actively, like, not dealing with their trauma and trying to kill each other, even though they love each other, to true love.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's been nice. (laughs) Facing their trauma and coming out the other side of it. Yeah! Uh, So... In case you uh, have been living under a fandom rock for the last year and a half, I think this came out in the summer of 2019. The Untamed is a is the live-action Chinese drama version of what started out as a web novel and then became I think I'm going to get this all right a uh, audio drama and an animated drama. It is a combination of, I'm um, pronounce all of these wrongs, wuxia and Jia, which is martial heroes and high fantasy genres. Um, and I'm going to link to a primer from Sonic Kitty on Tumblr that sort of gives a little breakdown of what the show is about. Um, they say the live action show is called the untamed in Chinese. It's, Chen Qingling, which gets shortened to CQL, and it is based on a book called Maldo Jushi, which gets shortened to MDZS. Um, I also just want to throw out the Be the Serpent podcast episode 53 is a great place to start. I don't think they have any spoilers.
1: I would say mild spoilers.
0: Mild spoilers. Yeah. But if you want, before you jump into a 50 episode live action sea drama (laughs) that is full of action and adventure and magic and cultivation and true love <laughs> true love then that is a good place to start um and also this entire episode is going to be a spoiler zone so if anybody listening uh wants to go into the show cold don't listen to us uh go although i have to
1: say about mm-hmm. the spoiler zone mm-hmm. if you listen to this and you haven't seen any of it and you go in and you watch it i honestly i don't think i'd retain spoilers because it's so confusing to begin with (laughs) like you're probably not going to remember the spoilers by the time you get yeah yeah yeah.
0: um and it's also the sort of thing where you're watching it you're like wait i think i knew about that and i Mm -hmm. first time i watched it watched all 50 episodes and turned around and started watching it again it's basically built to loop through the show because everything ties up in the end and you realize what was happening in the beginning uh So today, instead of just Jen and I, we have some guests, and so we're going to let them introduce ourselves. Um, I'm going to just, I'll call everybody off because I'm looking at all of you. Um, Marcos, can you go first?
2: Yeah, um, my name is Marcos. Um, I was introduced to The Untamed, I think by Amy. I think maybe Amy got us all into this. Um and yes. I am completely obsessed. Yes. But completely obsessed. Um and I want to weave one little thread in for why I'm completely obsessed. Queer, 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 queer. Check.
3: Agreed. You're done. Brooke, you're next. Hello, I am Brooke. Um, also known as Bei Wushan, the Yiling Matriarch. I share a birthday with Wei Wushan. I disturbingly am Wei Wushan every time I rewatch this damn thing. Um, I, yes, you're correct, Marcos. I definitely got into this from Amy. Because um, <laughs> I remember like Amy talking about it and then posting a picture of these two beautiful men just like together and gorgeous just i'd never seen people so gorgeous and so i was like she was like it's 50 episodes you probably won't watch it i was like challenge accepted <laughs> and, I, and i'm right there with you i think part of what i love is queer 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 just wonderful
4: shay hi uh i'm shayna uh, and uh i actually think i got introduced to this through brooke who got introduced to it through me um <laughs> And I was actually a super reluctant watcher. I was, Brooke was very, very enthusiastic. And I said, oh, okay, like for the friendship, you know, I'm going to watch yeah. for the friendship. And then three or four episodes in, I was hooked. And then I was just, you know, mainlining it to get to the end as quickly <laughs> as possible. And uh, to be a bit of a broken record, I mean, absolutely. It's it's particularly special because of how queer it is. Um, and I think... You could say that you need to read a lot of the queerness into it, but I actually think that the queerness is really there, very intentionally there, which is which is pretty exciting for this type of a show. So,
0: yeah the um, <clears throat> the web novel is is explicitly queer, and then the TV show did everything it possibly could do <laughs> to put to make the subtext as text as possible. Uh, Yeah. So I didn't say it, but I love that too. It's, it's heady stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and it's really, it was kind of amazing to watch. Um, And I was going to say that I got into this because of our past guest Slippy, who had been talking about it after watching, it was like the sea drama guardian and then the untamed showed up and I was like, okay, so what's this new thing everybody's talking about? And, um, and it took me a little bit, because we talked about it about a year ago where I was having a little trouble getting into it because it's confusing. And then once you get past that first couple episodes, I know watching it um, with Brooke and Shayna, we were watching it together on Netflix. And Shayna was like, we were hanging together for a while. And then Shayna just like took off.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, I'm done. Right. Yes. I've, I think if you have a friend who's already seen it, I would really recommend getting started with them because the first few episodes, you don't want to be spoiled, but it can be very helpful to have somebody go pay attention to this. This is important. Or just remind you who everyone is. It's, it's a little you're overloaded on exposition and characters at the beginning. They're kind of dropping a little.
1: It's super confusing. I started it and stopped. And then I think restarted it again, like a month and a half later after Slippy visited us on the podcast.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I think to what you guys are speaking to as well, like anybody who hasn't seen this podcast or haven't seen this podcast, anybody who hasn't seen this show, but is like a fan of your podcast and here's 50 episodes. The one challenge I want to give everybody get to episode six. Once you get to episode six, I went back and restarted from the beginning, which that's boys going to hang and have some drinks. Um, for all the people who do know what I'm talking about. Once you get to that though, like that's when it all starts to come together. And I feel like you get hooked on everybody. Um, greatly agree with Shana, having like a translator, like a friend who could just be there like, ooh, 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 or go that part. It's important. And here's quickly why next. But I think that's like sound advice.
0: Um, yes, sorry. <laughs> I was like looking at the massive outline for the show, which is pretty epic this time. Um. But yeah, and I was going to say that, so I watched it on Netflix. I think everybody did the first time through, um, which is a pretty good translation, I feel like, coming from the outside. Uh, It is also on Vicky, which gives more contextual clues through the translations. So uh, I would say either one if people are watching it. Um, I just like watching on Netflix because though the intro is beautiful, I don't need to hear the two and a half minute song every time I watch, so I can skip it. You can Um,
3: skip on Vicky.
0: Do they do a skip intro? I'm particularly fond of skip do, intro. like a
1: little 10, 10 second like doop, 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 ah. doop, really and stuff.
2: <laughs> so do, you prefer, do you prefer the Vicky version to the Netflix version? I do. So um, is, this I, the place to, is this a place to talk about that or? Yeah, we can, well, can, sure.
1: yeah I do because um, the translations, although you have to pause the screen because it's a lot sometimes, they'll give you the context of what they're saying. So um, like, yeah, I I actually put two little uh, screenshots in there that kind of talk about that, but I mean, we don't have to go into that.
0: You can go into it now if you want. We'll just skip it later.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. They just give you more context as far as like when they say stuff, what, you know, the, the double meaning of things and that kind of thing. Poetic illusions, stuff like that. So that is nice.
0: But I don't feel like you're missing a ton no, if you watch no. it on Netflix.
1: Maybe like on the second and third rewatch, you're going <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs>
0: you to to marinate in the full experience <laughs> so with that. Um, and since we are all apart today, unfortunately, we didn't have a combined unifying um, food or drink for the episode. I did find a. Uh, a cocktail online called the Ginger Rabbit that I made that has a uh, black tea and uh, anise seed, simple syrup and bourbon and cool. stuff so it 's pretty good. I think everybody had to Brooke was just talking about some sort of what did you have again tequila and what yeah. and what
3: yeah I like to call it the yielding patriarch it 's um in my wayishhan way i 'd like seen amy 's like post in our discussion group about making really cool drinks so I was like i 'm gonna find a cool drink and then life got crazy. And so like 10 minutes before, I was like, I need to find a drink. I'm going to have a gin and tonic, like a tea gin and tonic. Yeah, fancy. Um, but then I went upstairs and I had a gin. And so I, this is, I made Reposado tequila um, with uh, our, my diet tonic water from Giant. Truly fancy. And then I used Sweet Tea Mio. So it's like a sweet tea um, tequila and tonic. It's not horrible, actually. It it kind of got my brain at first because it was like, this is, I'm expecting one thing and got another. Um, You know, it really is like a, it's not only a poor man's drink, you know, it's almost like a a sporty guy's energy drink.
0: It's what you put together when you're in the burial mounds and your options are limited and you're digging stuff out of a cabinet.
3: Yep. That's something I feel a great kinship to with him. Like whenever I find a character in a show who has Halloween as a birthday, I find that I get kind of like, snarky. I'm like, meh, right, whatever. They're probably just going to be a sex fiend, dark, creepy, and all those things. Um, and part I really liked about Wave Sean that I definitely connect with is that resourcefulness. Like, Scorpios are resourceful. Super resourceful. So if you drop me off in the burial mounds, I would not only survive, I would make probably this drink. <laughs> it's been a rough day of, like, fighting things and dead things and surviving. I'm just going to put this together and pray. Um <laughs> Thanks, it's not Brooke. the best thing but it's a Build an anarchist goth collective.
1: fueled <laughs> <laughs> by buy me. They're not in the They're barrel mounds. <laughs> get
3: them sponsored.
0: So um, I wanted to, before we get into just sort of a regular free form, people get to get all their feelings out all over our podcast. Um, I wanted to start with uh, what I called an intention statement, which is just to say that we are all white, non-Asian folks. And we were definitely talking about something that is outside our culture. Um, so we want to extend a thank you to the Chinese and Chinese diaspora fans um, who really put a lot of work in to educate people about um, their culture and the context of the show. <clears throat> uh, we, I, I looked up her pronunciation guide uh, through the Tumblr user pumpkin. P-A-I-X is pay, Pat? It's like peace almost. Pumpkin P A I X. Yeah, it looks like um, PAX or PAX, yes, but it's pronounced differently. Um they are uh oh, an it's American
3: pumpkin pie.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, pumpkin pie. Yeah.
3: Got it, sorry.
0: But they um they are an uh American Chinese person who put a pronunciation guide up on Tumblr that you can check out. Uh that was helpful. Uh I used it to try to get people's names sort of correct, but i I'm not going to do it. Right. I know. Um, And I wanted to say that there's been a lot of people on Twitter talking about having um, fans, Western non-Chinese fans who are coming to this to please do a little bit of work if they can or feel like it or want to be, I think a little more respectful of the Chinese fandom to Get an idea of the culture behind this. Um, there was a Twitter thread from, I think it's Public Etienne or Police Etienne, uh, that said, I urge Western fans engaging heavily in sea dramas or the Danmai fandom to, at the very least, check out the Wikipedia pages for not only topics of Taoism, Confucianism, Chinese Buddhism, etc., but also that for anti Chinese sentiment and at least do a little unpacking of how our understanding of China and Chinese culture is filtered through the lens of ethnocentrism and white supremacy, particularly now in 2021, within the last year seeing a huge rise of anti-Asian and specifically anti-Chinese sentiment in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, which at the time we're recording this, which is February 13th, 2021, uh, we've definitely seen a spike in, um, in anti-Chinese and anti-Asian, uh, sentiment and uh attacks in the United States, so uh it's you know we would ask that uh yeah, anybody who's coming to this from outside Chinese culture to kind of do a little bit of the work on it, <laughs> so to come to this um, from where people are to come to it to i can 't think of the right words, but to try to come to it with a uh, cultural respect, so yeah then you understand a little bit, you get a little bit more context, so I think it's going to be more enjoyable also for people to like get all those other meanings and stuff that are coming in.
3: Yeah. And I would argue that I don't think you can fully appreciate it without that. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I think, you know, as a lot of, as another white person who is not at all from this culture, it became a great way to like learn and respect as you went, like the, the love of the content, but also being like, I can't love this if I don't try to understand and do a lot of research.
0: Yeah. And I don't think you have to be an academic but I think it's always good to just fill in your background Mm -hmm. to come to things. Um, We kind of already discussed how we all got here. That's apparently my fault,
1: (laughs) but um, the pyramid (laughs) scheme. Yes. Excellent. Uh,
0: But I did, I think it might've been through the Vox article that I posted by Aja Romano, Uh, the untamed streaming on Netflix, ripped my heart out and fed it to me. I can't get enough. I'm pretty sure that is the exact thing I posted. Um, and the quote that I posted was Wang Ji exudes soul spilling longing, which Wang Yibo conveys primarily through mesmerizing, infinitesimal facial adjustments that somehow contain grand canyons of emotional depth that will leave you clawing the floor. It's like watching an inflamed Victorian melodrama, except instead of North and South, it's 50 hours of Wang Ji eternal, pledging eternal love to Wei Wuxian with the smallest curve of his mouth
2: absolutely no lies there (laughs) absolutely
4: that is perfection when you learn how to read his face you will be amazed how like bowled over you are by like the slightest twitch it means everything
1: and you know for for Hannibal people that are listening to this it's very much like it's that subtle Maz Nicholson kind of performance where I think a lot of people at first, I think Wang Yibo got some flack for like not acting well in this. Like people were like, what's going on? But um, I think most people turned around and got it, but he's, he's, he just does very subtle stuff that once you get used to the acting, it's like amazing.
0: Well, in talking, we were talking about scenes. We went back to rewatch beforehand and um, I was saying it's an episode 35 when they are, it's right after they go to the Nia clan burial place and they're in the town and they have to play rest for the sword ghost in the pouch and they're playing together and Lan Zhan looks up and like half smiles. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm like, Jesus fuck. <laughs> like that is so much emotion <laughs> that he's putting into it at that point. Oh. It's beautiful. There's going to, I know I'm going to be like making a lot of gestures that aren't going to come through on audio. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's a lot of gestures going on. Yes. Going
4: on. Well, they prime you for oh, that as an audience. The frog. <laughs> they prime you for that as an audience member, you know? So when you first start watching him, it does feel maybe like he's not acting uh, and like you're at or removed. But once you get into the groove of that, you get so used to his default sort of mask stone face that then it becomes so much more important to you as a viewer when you see behind it, which I think is, I think they established that really well.
3: That's true. And I think also going like the very fact of you, Amy, saying such a line as a human of, okay, well after they've gone to the knee clan and they are playing the gook song of rest for the sword goes for the sword in the pouch. Like literally Uh if you listen to that, That is the craziest sentence. (laughs) And that is not even a tenth of the glory that you get in the show. Mm -hmm. When you try to explain it to another person, you're like, okay. So like, and either people look excited or just are like, you need to be committed when you (laughs) play 10 minutes of the show. That's what I love about it. It's just beautiful.
0: Which just made me realize we didn't do any summary of the show at all. We just jumped into it. (laughs) It might be helpful. (laughs) Should we do that? I can't. I don't think I can do a really good summary of it. Um, can you, Jen? Can anybody else hear?
3: Oh, wait a minute. I can. Do you know why? Because I'm just going to bring up the graphic. Like, wait a minute, here's the graphic. Yeah, just read the graphic. <laughs> is, this,
0: is this the Sonic <laughs> Kitty, the the yeah. one I used for okay, the yeah. our event?
3: I a primer, which is a, a graphic that's great, but um, it goes, so you want to join the Pyramid Scheme? I want to watch this show you keep telling me to watch, but it's 50 episodes and I'm confused. Why should I keep watching? Ready, set, go. Well, it's gay. Supernatural detective school. Soap opera, family drama, aesthetic reincarnation, necromancy flute, soup, accidental baby acquisition. I don't want to give all of it away, but I do want to say that actually the true summary to me is bothering the prettiest, coldest boy in the school until he develops a lifelong crush on you. (laughs) which that is just the real summary for me, if you have to roll it up. <laughs> the, the magic queerness of it is it's just, as a queer person, it's the, it's the beauty of what we don't see romance-wise a lot on screen. of Like, like queer romance has always had to be so weighty. And I think what's beautiful about this show is that it's, it really is about pining for people and romance and loving somebody and the evolution of love. But... Brooke, do you love love? I love love. <laughs> I love love like theirs. I love the love of like, part of what I think I love about G is like, and you know, you're correct, Shada, that at first he like has so little expression. It's like, is he even acting? But it's that idea of he is a person who is so revered, but also so quiet and can like fade into a scenery. And here you have Wei Wushan who's like, Crazy and full of energy and like out there, and everybody's always watching him. And everybody expects Will trying to go for the flashiest, craziest thing, and he's like, "No, you're the amazing one, and I am going to, out of pure determination, I'm I'm going to be your boyfriend. Like I'm going to be your person. It's really cute."
0: Jen, I had here. You mentioned watching it uh, for fanibles in the same way that watching. Wang Yibo act in the same way that Mads Mickelson acts. But do you have anything else you wanted to say? As an ap- you had an appeal to fanables. Well, what I just thought
3: is probably
1: who's going to listen to this. Um. I, w- I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, yeah, I, but you know what? I think all of the points we made are um, also points that would attract fanables. Super queer. Um, once you dig into it, it's really also about trauma. Um, a lot, of, and it's very character-based and a lot of the characters, all of the characters have had some sort of trauma that they're working through um, and I, 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 like that's what really keeps me coming back to this story past the fact that the, um, the special effects are really crappy and <laughs> some of the editing choices are really crappy and all of that stuff. Um, it's really like the characters are really beautiful. The story's really beautiful. It's about trauma. It's super queer. And um, and there's a happy ending for at least the two main characters.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think also in relation to Hannibal, there's also a wonderful darkness of it. Like the idea of embracing darkness. There's this idea of everybody being like, having a, having a culture and a civilization that's like, you no, know, darkness is wrong and evil. And we have structures and just fall into it. And I think what I like about this too that intersects with Hannibal is there's this idea of like rebellion, there's darkness, but there's also having your own code of what's right. When you see everybody else is doing these things that are wrong around you in order to like uphold a a society, even though Hannibal's code is arguably (laughs) questionable. But I do think what that's part of what is beautiful about Hannibal is like, no, he has a code, a way of thinking and like you kind of buy into that as a fan of bull. And I think that's something here where like you buy you either buy into the code or you don't. Like I could see if you don't buy into the code of the uh, untamed. If you're like with the Jing family, Jin family you're like you're this is all over. Like Jin you're like nope. Let's see going on out these children. Just one more hint, hint appeal is um
1: there is a character who happens to be one of my favorite characters who has the equivalent of a murder basement, so. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> A murder secret room. <laughs> A murder secret
4: room. I also, uh, the cast is uniformly beautiful. So, you yeah. know, for, for that part of the aesthetic is similar to Hannibal. The, the rest of the aesthetic is not at the same level, but they're pretty faces I mean, and they're pretty, pretty hair.
0: So there.
4: pretty. Costumes, sets
0: the scenery i was like i've never thought about traveling to china but
3: suddenly i want to (laughs) like they've positively ruined me for all other like show vehicles it does not matter what where the people are supposed to be pretty i'm like yeah you have two pretty people get with the untamed like literally (laughs) i try to just be like is there anyone unpretty in this shot usually i lose
1: uh
0: only um i was thinking of what's his face the the guy who is um
3: king sketcher the, the, the underground
0: no the um <laughs> the low rent lan wangji is that his name him of the eternally like quirked eyebrow and he's the guy who um he was playing the flute and he was oh, a complete player and all. And he was, and the, though, you know, the the thousand
2: holes mm-hmm. curse, he's the Oh, one. that guy.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him.
2: He, he's a weasel. He, yeah, he's also not a bad looking guy. I think it's the character.
0: <laughs> it's, I think
2: it's the character.
0: It's the eyebrow. I'm always like, put your eyebrow down, sir. <laughs>
2: <Look>. <laughs> there is
4: a lot of eyebrow acting in this, um, and it really does change how you see people. <laughs>
3: I'm just. I'm with Marcos though. Like, even on a bad day, it would not kick him out of bed for eating crackers. He is not. <laughs> it's just the bar is very high. The bar is very very high. Yeah. But it's like it's like if somebody was like, "Here's any of a number of like vintage beautiful cars. Have all of them, and you're like, like whoa of course, the old, yeah. the old Alfa Romeo isn't looking as good as it used to.' But it's still <laughs> Alfa Romeo, right?
2: <laughs> the, 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 let me say one thing though. Um, the cast is beautiful. They are beautiful without their wigs too, mm-hmm. but there's something about them in their wigs. Like mm-hmm. there's that moment. I don't know if you all had this with Lord of the Rings, but when I first saw Orlando Bloom without his wig, I was like, "Oh." Raise hand
3: with you, Marcos. Yes. That man has only yeah. had his leg a And I'm I don't that. Orlando Bloom, if you're understandable, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're beautiful. Yeah. Don't listen
2: to us. But also, with that, with yeah. the wig on, his mm. yeah. But and, and don't get me wrong. I, I think Wang Yibo is a beautiful man, right? But the wig takes him to the next level, right? Um, And yeah.
4: Yeah, so there's the wig... Sorry, the wigs and also the wig decoration, the hair pieces,
2: uh, yeah.
4: and other attendant jewelry, I think really adds a lot to the face in general.
2: Yeah, and, and, and the costuming generally, right? So like he, kind of the flowing lines of, how, of what most of the characters are wearing, that, that, that whole aesthetic... Transforms the people who are in them, right? Just like you, know, a beautiful dress can turn me into a beautiful person, right?
1: Wait, wait, was Jan's
3: cinched waist?
2: Oh, which
0: apparently yeah. was like a hot topic. <laughs> what? Apparently, there was like when it was out, people were commenting like about how small his waist was in that mm. outfit. Hmm. Mm.
3: Um. Jumping back to the show notes, of course. <laughs> I oh, guessing go. Guessing yes, that. Jeff. But no, but there was a great point in here, too, that it's a show about uncles. That's another crossover for Hannibal. And also about dads that are not the biological dads,
1: but yes. our dads. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, oh. really creating family, creating family where you find it mm-hmm. is a three line from Hannibal to this, I think. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think, like, I should have done more thoughts about the Fan- the Hannibal crossover. I was just so excited about talking about well, Untamed, but I didn't
3: amazing. even do it. Got amazing clothes. Amazing clothes. The aesthetic. Like, the aesthetic is just every... Even though the, the effects are not always great, and I do agree with that, like, if you're an effects person, just take a little grain of salt. Some of them are great. But the aesthetics are beautiful. Oh, well, I was going to
0: say, back to the, uh, the wig... Thing I ended up having the seeing photos of, of the actors outside of their wigs and being like, uh, they're still attractive, but that hair just really does something
1: extra. Um, That's why the bizarre photo shoot um, oh, is so insanely amazing.
0: We were referring to, I guess it was the bizarre for China of... Um, Wang Yubo and Xiao Zhan that's how his names pronounced who play the two leads and they costumed them in like a more modern fashion take on their show costumes and did hair that was you know nodding to but not a replication of their outfits and it was stunning <laughs> so stunning 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 made it my wallpaper and lock screen on my
3: phone for a while <laughs> <laughs> food is really important okay soup the soup is basically another character
4: on we could show. do a whole podcast just about the soup <laughs> i that's how important the soup is the soup is good but not that good I, well listen I, we haven't had her soup yeah. like
3: that's the thing uh, is everybody makes that soup yeah but not Yon lee's soup
4: not mm-hmm. Yon lee's soup yeah she puts something extra in there
3: I think Love. that's that's actually something I did miss. Maybe it's
4: people. Maybe, Maybe that's people another Hannibal <laughs> like,
3: Hannibal? That make so much sense. Yanli's just smiling. She's like, soup! And all mm-hmm. their enemies are just in the soup. Just yeah. quietly killing off all the assholes. Be
4: like, yeah, Fana- f- Fannibals, if that's what you need <laughs> to make this jump, then I give you encouragement what? to headcanon the fact that Yonli's soup is full of humans.
1: It Accept suddenly
0: it. went from <laughs> Sea drama to the uh, Korean drama kingdom, which is the zombie one, where spoiler for kingdom, people become infected and become zombies because they are fed the body of somebody who had been uh, infected by a
4: zombie. Mm. So it's like zombie Zombie cannibalism, zombie soup. (laughs) Well, the soup (laughs) is what lotus root and ribs, and they never specify. Anything more than ribs. So humans have ribs. That's all that I'm saying. <laughs>
3: yeah. The Thank math checks know. out. Math checks out. Um, wait, also the one, I want to put a pin. this also why Yan Lee only ever like delivers and then takes away her own soup. You know, it's like nobody else. It. Okay. I'm on this. I might be on this. Yan Lee is a cannibal. Thing. <laughs> I'm going to need somebody like. To commission yeah, well to worry about it like, they... and that's just what it is and she's perfect she's like anybody's mean to her brother she's like oh okay and then just goes off and straight off murders them makes them into soup feeds them to her brothers and is like are you happy <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> question i can't tell if this is something in the show or i've read so much fanfic at this point that i've headcanoned it is there a nod, a reference, a an aside at any point that Shan may have resorted to cannibalism, well, or or the eating dead bodies, well, in the burial
2: mounds? Hmm.
3: I don't remember that, but I'll look it up.
0: He was stuck there for three months. I think
2: there is something, um, but yeah, it bears research. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bears close fandom research. It, I just I don't know if I've just absorbed it at this point through fandom. But there is yeah, he's the our main character is dumped in this wasteland that is a basically a mass grave from wars and other things and it is full of the resentful ghost energy of all these people who died and I don't get the impression that there's
4: a lot to eat. So maybe He does what he has to. Hmm. Yeah, the nutrition needs of these characters, though, are in question because they also do not age. Um, And so I don't know if they need to eat for three months. There's magic in this show, if that wasn't clear already to the listeners. So.
1: Right, and so they heal. They heal a lot quicker than normal humans. There are some stabbings that happen that, that I was like, "Oh my god, that person's gonna die!" And then they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's just a stabbing. We're fine." Um, because they're all cultivators, and part of the cultivating thing is they're cultivating into immortality.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was that was helpful. I read the. Taoism wikipedia which i know is you know wikipedia is not the end all be all but i was like oh okay so i understand now a little bit of the their cult of what they're cultivating and and what is supposed to come out of it and yeah it's like being able to um control your body temperature being able to eat for a long time or go for a long time without eating being able to heal faster and then being able
4: to slow down or stop aging i was like okay
0: Flying no, <laughs> on swords, flying on
4: swords, <laughs> flying on swords. Yeah. I would definitely recommend checking that out. If you're going to come to this show, especially if you haven't watched similar shows, because I think it helps you establish the rules of the world, which then helps, you know, the stakes, you know, cause if you, if you don't understand what a cultivator is and what they can and cannot do, then it's hard to know what you should care about, you know, when they're injured, when they're fighting, um, what's at stake. So
1: there's also a link I put in. That's a Twitter thread about Dallas reincarnation and what the beliefs are around who, who can stay on the wheel, who can reincarnate, who's off the wheel. um, And, and that kind of thing, which really helped me as far as um, character motivations and what's really at stake for what's happening to people and their bodies, um, which becomes more and more important as the show goes on. Um, Especially around how they're buried, if they're dismembered before they're buried, and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, could you could you much more meaning? Could you unpack that a little bit? So, like, how in what way did that help you? Like, uh, one example.
1: Uh, One example would be, and this is, you know, what this is more in the novel than explored in the show, but. Um, Ming Yao's character with his mother and his um need to get her body back and then build a temple and bury it under a giant statue of Guan Yin so that she gets enough prayers that she can come back uh to the wheel is like and that's not really even talked about in the in the in the show as much as the book, but it's that's his primary motivation for a lot of stuff. Um and one of the characters who gets beheaded and then sealed off in a coffin and what that means to his sect and his younger brother as far as what happened to him. They didn't just kill him. They decided that he was not going to be able to be
4: reincarnated.
0: I know in a in a smaller sense, um, I saw it explained that the scenes in the Tortoise of Slaughter cave... <laughs> <laughs> oh god can we talk about
3: that we can talk about the tortoise of slaughter game <laughs> well, um the term, when of slaughter comes in it's just brilliant
4: tortoise of slaughter is my favorite character
3: of slaughter. It, when in fact
4: um, the shana of slaughter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rock out
0: um when baby? when Wei Shen jumps in front so there's the uh Wen cow who is the bad guy he's oh, he's so annoying and his horrible girlfriend who has her magical branding iron and she's going to brand Mian Mian another character on the face and Wei Shen jumps in front of the brand and basically takes the hit for Mian Mian and the idea of I think it's in not so much Taoism but Confucianism where you don't alter your body because it is given to you by your parents so you don't cut your hair, you don't shave, you don't do all these things and to have this mark and to take that mark for somebody else has this weight. Um, and then later on, uh Lemongi branding himself mm-hmm. with the same brand to mimic what had happened mm-hmm. to Wei Wuxian. Girl. Not only is like <laughs> super feels, but is like he purposely was like, did this thing to himself mm-hmm. that is against norms is against the cultural norms,
3: and him especially the lashes too, and the beating, and having those mm-hmm. lashes forever scarred on his body too, is another interesting. Right,
1: but he killed how many elders of his clan? Exact? Did he kill? Yeah, he, he
2: didn't kill. He fought them.
1: He fought. He. Them. Okay, fought them. Mm-hmm.
4: And I think it's an especially big deal that he does that because he is so rules are so important to him over at anybody else so it's it's like particularly swoon that he's like give me that brand
2: yeah i mean in dungeon and dragon's terms right Longwangji is clearly lawful good correct and, and wei wu is clearly chaotic good um correct and, yep and and, and the show, another way to typify the show is this romance between law and chaos. Mm. Right? Mm. Um, yes. And, and not, not only on the individual level, but on a political level, right? Because the whole show can be seen as a kind of political critique. Mm. Um, you know, Wei Wuxian is fighting on behalf of the dispossessed right something you know something his clans and the other clans are uninterested in doing they're interested in the status quo um you know law and power and he's like no these people are worth defending and he loses everything and ultimately he gets long Ji to to side with him because G sees that there is a higher law than the law of the clan, right? There is what is right. Um. Anyway.
3: No, I think you have a. That is a very important point. I, that's a really important point where I think, like, at first blush, like, there's so many levels to this. It's a, it's a love affair. It's a queer love affair. It's the love affair of, um what I'd like to say is two old souls actually, even though Wei Wishan can seem like he's young, he is an old soul. He's that old soul that enjoys life because he knows how precious it is. And like, Lan Wen is that old soul that like is set in his ways. But you're bringing up something that's even more important is that it's that idea of the status quo. And even if you have clans that quote unquote are more altruistic than others, they are still upholding the status quo. And you have Wei Sean, who was a part of the system. His parents were cultivators. And then you saw how the system treated him. His parents die and he's thrown on the streets, right? Like, and so that idea of, he then gets that idea of being like, no, this is not about upholding these rules and these laws at, at the detriment to everyone else. And it's sort of like, why aren't people allowed in this? Why aren't regular people allowed in this system? And I think that's what's really interesting that, that whole moniker of like the Yiling patriarch being like, he is like the, the father, the king of these cast off people that are kind of, are not even worth considering. And Wei Wuxian leaves behind this glory and this path to go be with those people because he's like, no, that's, that's, what's right.
2: He's even willing to give up being a cultivator, right? Um, you know, you know, out of love for his, for his brother or yeah, you know, his adoptive brother. Yeah, um,
3: that's a great point. <laughs> it didn't have the single the, log, the single the single plank bridge. Like really yeah. that's the whole the whole idea of the single plank bridge is that philosophy of like, you know what, everybody else is like, that's not the path to go. And he's like, Well, I will walk the single plank bridge until it's morning. Like I love that as a like. Well, I'm gonna do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I would argue, I think that's what gets the uh, most prettiest boy in class to really fall for him. Was that first ever like release of the balloons and him being yeah, surprised? We thought it was gonna be like, I would like to have a bunch of like, give me all the emperor smile in the world. But instead, he's like, let me always work on the side of justice, no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's like, I think I think Lan was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <he doesn't-> yeah. <laughs>
4: Right, and that aspect of him is surprising because it's also he never is expecting praise for it and he's never showing it off, um, which he's such a kind of a class clown character and such a extroverted, getting-into-scrapes type of guy that you would think that if he is going to be so noble that he would advertise it. And I think that part of what makes it so sincere and, and what makes Lonjon Jean- so into it is that it it is something he had to discover because he's not showy about it. It just is who he is.
0: Well, it's like the deep tragedy, I think of that character because that duality of this person who is, and, and I would, I, so I think from what I've read that this was the actor's first major role, he got into acting kind of late and, and I think was kind of cast for that sort of youthful, bright energy that he has, but the ability to not only in his story, but how he conveys it to convey this depth and sadness to a character that could come across as just sort of flippant and, and one-sided like there it's like as much as, as, Wang Yibo doesn't show too much on Lan Zhen's face and you learn to read it like everything is just there and it's it's so I just sorry I'm getting up all of my feelings I was re some of these scenes beforehand and I'm like he like to watch everything he's feeling like go across his face and this like being like showing happiness when but you can tell he's not feeling it to mm-hmm. like That this person is, you know, trying to be good, but is constantly being told that he's bad. Like, he's doing self-sacrificing things and being told that he's selfish. And so the story tells it, and the way that he conveys all of it is, I was very impressed. (laughs) Like, you can kind of watch this and be like, oh, it's a bunch of pretty people in wigs, like, being fantasy, whatever. And I'm like, there's a, a, a deep... Agreed. like story here and very mm-hmm. both epic and very um understandable human things happening
1: mm-hmm.
0: within this context Agreed. that's that's very i mean it's i mean I, th- I think it's something i like that when we when you really get into a piece of media with book tv whatever and it can really reflect humans so well in our stories like in a way that it can be fun to like make the memes and do the stuff and joke on about things but then to be able to dig into the deeper story and realize how applicable it is that's what i loved about it sorry that was yeah. my treatise
3: well said <laughs> thank you No, no, no. You get it. i mean i think what one thing that came to mind as you said that that reflects back to what marcos was saying um is that you know it's like, what's amazing about Wei Wu-Shan and means so much to Lan Wajie and why they both love each other is that they both, um, they both like show each other the other side, right? Where like, Lan Wajie is like, nope, rules above everything. And then he sees through the chaotic good of of Wei Wushan, like, no, what are the matter of rules? You have to have some flexibility. Like, yes, there are some rules that make sense, but if it's not serving people and if it's upholding unjust systems, then why does that, he he learns to question rules. And like, there's this beautiful, like, his is like this journey from like, almost being like, (laughs) like the best prefect ever in Hogwarts. Um, And then he goes to being, he's very much like, he's kind of like the Will Graham man. He like, he, he goes like, and on his journey, he learns about, the beauty of chaos and rebellion and how like that brings strength. And then, you know, way with Sean, who's like, you know, the darker one is sort of like, you know, the one who's like more the hedonist, et cetera. But he learns about responsibility and rules and he learns about structure and family. And so I think that is a really, there are these moments that are so beautiful. I agree with you, Amy. We're like, you see this beauty in humanity of like, what another person discovers that they're totally wrong about somebody because of their own like preconceptions. And like, there's just this beautiful moment of like, wow. Like there's so many moments where the character's like, wow, I didn't notice that in you because I was a dumb teenager who was just like, I know everything. Y'all suck. Whatever. Well, I, I would just
0: yeah, you made the comment of the dumb teenager because it starts out and these people are like 15 and Wei Wuxian is dead by the time he's 20. And then he comes back and, is like, and then it's suddenly they're in their like early 30s. And the, to look at the first part of that and be
4: like, these people, these characters were so young. It's so helpful to know that. They never say that. And like we said, they don't really do anything with aging the actors up or aging them down. So you know that there's like a 16-year time jump overall, but they never say like what age they're starting from. And I think it really informs a lot of what you're watching to know mm-hmm that when we jump back into the past that they are teenagers.
1: The second time I watched it it really hit home because I knew more and I knew all that but also that the younglings show up so the the land students show up and to see them interact with like the 30 year old versions of characters you've been following and then realize like oh they were they were like the little ducklings right like just falling in love with each other at school at Hogwarts and <laughs> Now it's like totally shifted.
0: Something I like that people put into a lot of fanfic is the idea of the older generation, the the main characters when they age up are people who grew up during a huge, like, like a conflict, like a war and all these younger characters who they take literally take under wing later haven't grown up with that. Like these kids have been lucky enough that that has all is all in the past and they're able, you know, like I've seen, I've read several fix now where they've talked about that. And I was like, I really like the fact that they point that out, that these, it, these people went through terrible stuff and they're like, we don't want these kids to have to put up with that. We're trying to preserve things or progress them to make them better so that they don't have to go through what we went through.
1: Um, Although some of them are walk, walking around with their own very young childhood traumas, I oh, mean Jinling yeah. and and Lan Sijui are yeah, they got some stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think so. <clears> though, <throat> I think that's a good point to bring up. Is I did not realize until I started reading the actual novel just that that the setup you're going through is that there was this big bad in in Yiling essentially right? That was like using, using the iron, like was using the yin iron, etc. The, so the dark magic. Yeah, the dark what? Said the dark magic. the dark magic, right? And then everybody did a whole big kind of Battle of Hogwarts thing, if we keep on going on that. And they defeated it. And the Wen clan, though, what I think is hard about the show, I will give it a little bit of a beating in the beginning of episodes. They don't show you that the Wen clan is the big, big clan. They make them look like they're sort of the underground goth hot topic Skechers clan. (laughs) That's what my children call them, but they make it seem like they're just these small outcasts. They are not. They are the big power. So they ascended when this happened and get back to, to Marco's again. Like this is showing you what happens with the corruption of power. Like they all rose to get out to fight this corrupt power. And now we've seen the cycle come back and we are back to, the um, former heroes are now the new corrupt power. And so I think that's a really interesting, talking about wheels too and Taoism and really that like, it's interesting to think that another wheel that's coming up, like there's another wheel they have to deal with.
2: I'm, and and like, along, along those lines that after the war, the Jin clan becomes the dominant clan and we see again how power corrupts them yep. and uh, and how they how they start reproducing the patterns of the Wen clan
3: mm, yeah, completely, in terms of like who's allowed to say anything who 's got the power
0: it's something i didn't I figure this is probably a cultural thing that i don 't inherently understand, but they show um, in the, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to call it future, but the, the later scenes in the, the Jin area, they have these, the huge reliefs that show off the amazing things that Jin Guan Yao's done. They like these. And, and I figure that's probably something, I mean, that's sort of a thing that, I mean, leaders do that. They put up statues, they make reliefs, they put up, stuff that makes them look good. Um but the idea of that it's yeah just that same like he, let me show you like this is how amazing we are and uh, people are just going to have to like come in and and tear down that sort of power structure because it is just like I don't I I realized looking back I don't even know how the Jin clan became the clan that was suddenly
3: at the top, like, because they had the most money? I think money. Because yeah, they were, like, number two. They yeah. were number two. Like, yeah, the Wen clan is, like, the almighty big bad. Or, or in this case, the almighty big powerful. Mm-hmm. The quote-unquote good powerful ones. The next one, the second, like, most powerful one was Jin because of the money that they had. And I will actually to throw this out there beyond Hannibal, I would highly recommend people get back into or, or rewatch the Hunger Games because there is an interesting Panem kind of quality to the way that the different clans kind of stack. But it's an idea that, I mean, you could make the argument too, and I would, that, you know, the Jin clan wanted to take over and they found a way, right? Mm-hmm. They like saw their opportunity, they found mm-hmm. a way. And you talk about the uh, about Jin Guangyao and the... Murals. It is so interesting. The what we get through the reincarnation of Wei Wuxian, where we get to see what happens when the person who was fighting for the people, the good guy, the like hero of the people, the established power, acts as him, and then they rewrite the history. They vilify him. He's now something that scares children, etc. And we have this like intimate relationship, knowing what a good person he is. Like, that's a really interesting, I think, it's one of the deeper things that comes through in there. And Wei kind of laughs it off, but I think it's one of those things where you're like, no, like, that's really potent mm-hmm. to see what happens when those in power rewrite history.
4: Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, it's interesting because when they are restructuring, uh, the the Jim Clan is like, we're all going to be equals. We're all going to be, you know, we're in this together. We're in a... a power situation together. But immediately, though, they are still, they're like, well, we're all in charge, but then we are the most in charge. Um, so it's, which I think happens a lot, you know, like what you were saying, like power corrupts. Um, and then, yeah, this show surprised me because I feel like you're 30 to 40 episodes in before these really strong uh, political points start coming up, but then they, they really hit you. Uh, the way that Wei Ruchan's narrative has been rewritten to so dishonor him. And one of the smart things that I think the show does by starting not at the beginning, but by starting at the midpoint really, where Wei Wushan dies, mostly it's confusing to you as a viewer, but it gives you a narrative that you just accept, which is that Wei Wushan was evil and did a lot of bad things and then he died. And then you're going to go back in time and see how that happened. So it allows you to also be told the wrong story and mm-hmm. then also have to discover for yourself that it was a lot more complicated than that. And that he is not the bad guy. Um,
3: yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So you're like set up being like all I know. And again, okay, Vandables, I'm going to bring it back. Cause I've actually been rewatching. It's like the beginning of season two. We open season two and it's one of the best episodes in all of Hannibal. I would mm-hmm. argue come at me with the faded and the dinner. And all you see is like Hannibal and Jack realizing who each other are and just trying to kill each other. And you start that and you're like, what the hell is going on? And all you know is you're like, this is the end game. You're totally right, Shayna. We're like, you watch it. And part of what hooked me was like, Ooh, that guy is bad. Like, mm-hmm. and then you're watching, you're like, wait a minute. Like he doesn't seem bad. And every, I think there's also something interesting of every time I think he's going to become bad, he doesn't. And there's something like he has right. such power. And even though it does definitely at times go out of hand, <laughs> he does not though take that. He, do, it goes out of hand for justice, which I think is another mm-hmm. interesting
4: conversation
3: but he never goes out of hand for Wei Wuxian as the mm-hmm. powerful creator of demonic cultivation.
4: Yeah, and you also find out later that some of the times when it goes out of hand is because there there is another unseen power influencing it. But when you're watching it initially as a viewer, you're thinking, well, this is the story of how he goes bad. So maybe, like, maybe this is it. Or maybe this is it. But now that I've met him and I know his intentions, it's so much harder for me to believe that he really did just, lose control and murder that, murder his sister's husband. You know, yes. it's so much harder for me to believe that he really did, you know, do these terrible things. You start mm. to suspect maybe there's somebody else there, but it counters what the show has told you. Mm. It's the truth, which is that he's evil. So I think, I'm, I'm actually realizing this now, I, I think I like the beginning <laughs> better because I think... <laughs> That's like a tangible thing I can point well, to that it does that I think is is a good part of the viewing experience.
0: I like hearing you say that because when we sat and showed it the other weekend, mm-hmm. and I think Brooke, that was the first time Tim had seen it, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sitting there watching it, thinking to myself, I want to give all these contextual clues yeah. to him. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to interrupt what we were watching, but to like see that opening cold and not know, be like, no, but this person's going to do this and this person's going to do that. And you're learning about this. Per- it's like so frustrating, but so satisfying when you rewatch it
3: to be yeah, like, I think- now I know I all this so- stuff. I think what I've come to with introducing people to this show, because I remember, I actually think I did this with you, Shayna, where, and I even did it with, my children, which Jen was there for them watching some of the first episodes, which is just Fabulous. great. My children, are like 12 years <laughs> old. Um, one NB child, one girl, and they're just like, uh, what? Um, but part of what I've started doing is I say to people, and again, invite to other people who love this show and you want to bring people into it, I said, Do you want commentary on or off? And I'm like, I'm the commentary. And if you would like, at any point, you can pause and say commentary on if you're like, no. Or if you're the type of person who would like that, because I found with like Shana, I offered that kind of to you, probably not in that smart of a way, but I was like, I can like interject if you want. And you're like, mm-hmm. yes, please.
4: Yeah. It, de- it For me, it 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 helped a lot, but I think you're right that it sort of, de- it depends on you as a viewer.
3: Yeah. Uh, ask people first. Like some mm-hmm. people just want to experience it and just want you to shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And him is one of those people. I will say the reaction from my husband watching through only one episode was, it was cool. I still don't know who anyone is or how they're all related. And I can feel there's all this deepness going on and I need more context. So I told him, I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch it with you again at some point, And I will put on the commentary and you can tell me when to shut up.
2: No, no for me, I, I'm different in this way. Part of the joy for me is figuring all of that stuff out. You know, and, and 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 paying attention to the details of the story, and then hooking things back together after mm-hmm. the fact right. um, to find have, out at the find out towards the end who was pulling the strings all along. It was so delicious. Was, I was, was going to
3: say
2: thing. Yeah,
3: delicious. That's true. Like, yeah,
2: a, 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 and his last scene right? Where his entire affect, I'm not going to spoil it, right? Where his his affect was completely different, but completely different, I was like shade, right? So,
0: I would like to thank Marcos for segueing us perfectly into what I dubbed the Jin Guan Yao Power Hour, which Mm is the character who I'm trying to think of that seems fairly inconsequential at oh, one yeah. point and becomes, you realize the driving force behind a lot of the conflict in the show and spoil, please spoil away. Um, I'll just say Jin Guan Yao in the show is a uh, minor character who is the illegitimate son of the head of the Jin clan, who he is definitely ambitious. And in his ambition, Goes to extraordinarily terrible lengths to get and keep power, and even though he is the big bad that re- is revealed toward in like the last quarter of the show, is one like I watched it and I was like I, I love this character
1: like, I love him I I
3: love, I love him I'm like, rooting for. He is, like, yeah. Iago. he is the Iago of this show. I'm just like, I love you. I'm with you. You're horrible. How dare you? But I want you to succeed because these <laughs> jerks. Like, you deserve it. You tried to do the nice way, girl. You tried doing nice, and now you're doing dirty.
2: Yeah, well, and I wasn't I- even talking about yeah. him. I was talking about you. I knew, like, knew, knew what you were talking about. But, that's what I yeah, thought you were talking because, about, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that both of them start out as minor characters, but they're really both of them the major chess players. And Wei Wuxian and uh, Lang Wangji start out as pawns, right? And part of the story is realizing who are who are the queens behind everything. Both the
1: of- Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. No, I, I just think, and I think in our in our long uh, t- uh, text conversations about the shows it was going on, because we've all been in the same text group for a while. <laughs> um, but I think Marcos, didn't you bring up at some point just the really interesting parallels between Jin Yao and Wei Wuzhan and how they both kind of had that similar horrible upbringing and traumatic shit happen to them. And then the choices that they made were really, really different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then they they also parallel it with the whole Ye City characters, where you kind of get this triple version of the same story. A person who has been uh neglected as a child put in bad circumstances eventually gets an op well gets or makes their own opportunity to change and the way they do it and you get Wei Wuxian who is like this more you know morally upright though people find him questionable way of doing things you get Jin Guan who seems like he's doing things right but is really rotten at the center and then you get (laughs) I have to actually look up. I'm going to pronounce it, but uh, I think it's pronounced Shuyang. He's yeah. the evil oh, guy, yeah. you know, the the like mustache drilling evil guy who is like has a shitty childhood and is just like fuck all this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and go and
3: yeah.
0: and to see it, like I know, I think the Yi City arc, it can feel like a big diversion from the main storyline but still underlies like it's such a tragic story and i think in a way i, I mean i think you can almost see it is as, as when it, they go through it way with shannon lens on are like we can't be this we can't be this tragedy that happens to these people that we looked up to and we thought we wanted to be like them but now we realize we can't be like this and we have to keep doing something else. Um, um sorry that that was my treatise about that.
3: <laughs> the parallel. No, no, no. I think though, you know, this this also it all it all just goes back to power. It's that idea of, you know, you have Wei Wuxian who he's going to fight for what's right in an unjust system by going out there being aggressive in your face, sort of like no no fucks given. You have um Jin Guangyao who is going to be I I call him the dark power Libra. I think he's one of the, you know, they have all the signs for everybody. Go look them up. Um, but he's a dark power Libra because he tried to do the way where he was making everybody happy. He tried to go about it the right way. And then he found that the power, the system was built so that he could never rise. And he saw all these unworthy people. And I think he was like, mm, I'm going to go my way. And then you have, I think, who Marcos was talking about, <coughs> Niwa Zhang, who is my baby like I love that when when you see that veneer hit like so he's the one who like you know if you think about all this like the mean girls like the show mean or the movie mean girls he's the he's the dumb Amanda like the one with the blonde hair I was Amanda Seyfried he's Amanda Seyfried he's like huh he's like constantly like especially in the books guys in the novel he's like he's just flapping his fan he's like I know nothing I know nothing what? Oh, I know nothing. Fan. All he does is act like the sweet little baby fawn. And and I think what's really beautiful about this story is that it is a two-man con. You're, he knows you're spending so much time watching Jing Huang Yao. You're not aware of what Nihua Zhang is doing behind the scenes. And it's <laughs> damn dirty. And like I am so proud of him. He's like my little fancy <laughs> baby.
4: Yeah, he plays the longest con. The absolute longest con. And it must be it must take an incredible amount of self-control to be that smart and have to play so stupid (laughs) and so helpless for such a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think about like, uh, like, like, they talk about in the in the show like people manipulating resentful energy, which is the energy from people who have died and have things unsettled or whatever. But I was like, he's like the physical Im- live embodiment of resent. Like he's like, this shit happened. My brother died and I'm fucking going to get to the bottom of this and I'm going to fix it. And I don't yeah, care who I take down you, in the I
1: process.
3: As the Scorpio, that's why I love him. He has right. Just vengeance on his side. And he is playing the game he needs to to make those who did it pay. And you think think about the way he sets it up. It's like an evil scavenger hunt of vengeance. He's like seeding body parts. Like, I mean, I find him dead sexy when I realize that he's (laughs) not just this rapid little beautiful thing. He is Is, a genius.
2: Yeah, and Um, it's interesting too, because yeah, he has zero talent as a cultivator right and so he has to take this path Yeah, you know, if you know if he had an adequate golden core he would be doing this in a very different way but he doesn't you know he doesn't have the nature for that and so he uses what he has and that's smarts
3: yeah correct and he also like it's interesting character-wise because you're not paying attention because he's kind of this periphery character. But he didn't even really have that until his brother. Like he knows what happened to his brother and that his brother was double-crossed. He loved his brother so much. Like you could tell, Niu-Sang did not care at all about cultivation. He just wanted pretty fans and a pretty life. And he wanted his big brother to be in charge. And he wanted to be proud of his big brother. And he wanted to be the one to calm his beautiful rage machine brother and then his brother is taken from him and he's and yeah it's like he is he's on a vengeance path and i think it's really i think it's cool too just to see that he really is that he's the, the the silent one he's like the little ninja assassin or or to go back to gaming terms he's the sneaky archer he's the one you don't see who's in the shadows doing everything like pew 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 and you're like oh that guy's the bad guy Well, getting towards the
0: end and realizing, being like, oh, the shit that was set up in the beginning is all due to, it was like, oh, it's so satisfying. Like, I love when a narrative is set up like that. You're like, this is so satisfying when you get to see all the parts come together. And, and Hero asked this, so at the end, like, I don't blame him for what he does at the end, which is Mm -hmm. to get. Lan Shen to be his pawn, basically, to do the thing that he wants to do, but he doesn't, like, if you think about it, he literally has no blood on his hands until he gets blood on his head, that very last scene with the hat. But he gets other people to enact everything for him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I mean, part of it's kind of distasteful. you're like, oh, you should Do the shit yourself, but I'm also like, this is brilliant. You're using the tools that you have available to you to do the shit that needs to get done. It is
3: amazing. It's another Hannibal crossover, too. It's that idea of it's the idea of like Marco said, like playing chess. Like, but he's playing, he's playing a, a very smart Style of chess, like there's you know there's ways of playing chess in which you go out and you purposely choose your first moves, couple of moves to make yourself look like you don't know what you're doing, to set people up so you can take them down. It's how. Yep, yeah, and it's so cool how he does. It. I know we want to have Jin Guangyao Power Hour. Oh no, we can also have the Dehua Song
0: Power Hour. <laughs> I'm here for every power
1: hour that we, we need do. to have. Like we can do every character power hour. you know, know. <laughs> Like have little, like little small shares. We would have I had mean, to have, it have an entire We talked about Lans and Chen yet. We haven't. <sighs> the beauty. Oh, sorry. I but was just thinking
3: about his jawline and it was just like, a jawline. <laughs> the, world's <laughs> most, the world's most beautiful service top. <laughs> oh. oh,
4: absolutely. Oh, yeah. I yeah. feel such an affinity for
2: him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he's my boyfriend. He's totally my boyfriend.
3: Marcus's boyfriend. You get him first. Like you're, you're so true to him. You get him first, man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good I mean, what he can do just by closing his eyes.
3: Well, I
0: watched. I you just watched. You said you watched the episode episode forty two when they're on the stairs back to back, yeah. and they they pan to him, and he just closes <laughs> his eyes and like and like this world weary, <laughs> like feeling of. I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore. I was like, I felt that in my soul. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, and the fact that he's like <sighs> he's early so- on, yeah. well, I was going to say early on when, um, when their students at cloud recesses and get beat for drinking and he's all like, we wish hon, you should go to the cold pool. And I feel it'll, really, it'll make he's you feel better. Little- and then John's like already there.
2: <laughs> Matchmaker, matchmaker, yeah. make me a match, find me a find
1: yeah, that's some real Libra energy. He's just like, I love love, and I want my younger
3: brother to date this guy because they're perfect for each other. to smash <laughs> like, their faces together until they get it. He sees the it. Water <laughs> ghost when like I just watched the one where like they they show you in the beautiful cloud recesses they have the bridge, and they're coming from the bridge. And like it's just him and Lamuji, and they're walking resplendently. And then you have like Wei Wishan and Jiang Chang, like run up and I'll be like, "Hi!" Like, can we go with you to fight the water ghost? And one of my favorite moments of Jen is like afterwards when he's like, "Oh yeah," when Lamuji's like, "No, I don't want him to go." He just like turns to him suddenly. He's like, "Well, I looked at you and could tell that she wanted the boys to come along." And 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 speaking of that, like Wang Yibo and like the amazingness of his face. Like all of a sudden his face, like it was like, Oh my God, he could see through me. Could they all see through me? Oh my God. <laughs> was I that obvious? He's like, no. And I just love it. I'm like, it's like candy watching his face. Like after the first time, it's just like candy. Well,
4: this is the thing that makes me not be able to fully embrace Jingwang now. Although I understand and love him and support the power hour is his betrayal of Lan Chen, it, yeah. it's too heartbreaking to me <laughs> and, and too cruel. And if I, like, not that anybody's making me pick, but if I have to pick between the two of them, I'm picking Lan Chen. So I feel a little bit of, like, resentment towards him for that specifically. Not that he didn't do a lot of other evil things, but.
3: Because, like, Lan Chen just is constantly doing what's right by people. And even though he's in this system, He very much, he looks at, he sees everyone for their beauty and their potential, right? And that is such a wonderful Libra thing. And he's like, everybody's like, Wei Wachan's this bad kid. He's like, Wei Wachan's a good person. Like, he loves his brother so much. Like, the fact that he is like, I I want you to spend time with this person I see that you have this connection to. Because he knows his brother just works himself too hard and takes life too seriously, whatever. Like, but his brother's so sacred. Like, he has looked into Wei Wachan as like, this is worthy. And I think it's like he just sees everybody's best potential. And yes, that's why I am also with you, Sh- Shana. In the end, as much as I like Jing Guangyao, I am like anti Jing Guangyao because how dare you? Like, you can literally tear down all of society. You can marry your damn sister. That happens in here, people. Like, you can do all this messed up stuff, but guess what? You mess over, like, the sweet Lan Ji Chen who was just trying to do well by people, dead to me. And he
4: was like the only person sometimes who would stick. By him.
3: Oh, yeah. You know? Well, no matter and, what.
0: And I think when Wei Wuxian comes back, he never... when he, Once he realizes who... <laughs> once he sees through Wei Wuxian's disguise, a.k.a. shitty mask, <laughs> he never <laughs> says anything to his brother, like, you shouldn't be around this person. Mm-hmm. Like, he never does any of that and it is that thing. and even after he's hearing that they're like um so this guy who's your sworn brother aka boyfriend whatever is behind all this terrible shit that happens he never says he never turns the lens on Wei Wuxian he never says like he's a bad person he never tries to get Lan Zhan away from him he's like he's always supportive of that and he
3: also sees and knows like Again, this is another thing. I know you had brought up uh, the idea of the novels versus the show. I would say, show, watch it. I would actually recommend Netflix first, but because I think for a lot of people it's easier access. And now I actually want to go back and rewatch Vicki. So maybe some of us who haven't seen it can go back and watch it together. But I'd then say, go read the novel. Like, it's in the novel, they actually make it much more. Clear, it's much more discussed about how, like, after Wei Wishan goes, it's not like language is like going back to rules. Like, Lamuji goes into mourning and just like goes away from society. And yes, he's being punished, but he's also like, fuck all y'all. I'm going off to the woods. Like, this is the ultimate in me, sh- in me seeing how messed up this system is. And, you know, Lanji Chan supported his brother, who everybody's like, here is the top boy, basically the Harry Potter of Hogwarts. And here he is actually overthrowing the system for love, but also for his goodness of his soul and for other people because he wants to serve everyone. And he goes off into the woods, and like Lan Ji is like rooting for him. Like everybody else is like, he should have had a much worse punishment. And they talk about that in the novel quite a bit that he should have had more of a punishment. But that he was like, no, he's in mourning. He is out there. He is also. Just doesn't know if he ever wants to come back to society after what his eyes have been open to. And so I think it's this interesting thing, too, being like, Lan Chi Chen supported his brother through all that. was just like, nope. I understand my brother is this loving, passionate, wonderful human who's so soft inside and so caring and loves the world. And I'm going to protect him. And I'm like, "Mm. Mm." I'm also team him. And yes, Jing Guangyao, I love you, but. i mean Jin Jin guan Yao is
0: great in the sense that like often the like the villain is often the most interesting person in the room i mean and that's why jen and i love hannibal and some of you also because the most interesting person in the room is the bad guy and i mean a lot of that is just because and i cannot remember the actor's name for Jin Guan Yao, but I'm am amazed. Say, yeah. What's that, Jen?
1: Suzanne Jin. Yes.
0: <laughs> Jen has been sending me links to, like, his uh, uh, various, like, in lockdown in China escapades living at home. Um, I love but it. But the <laughs> fact, he's young, and the... He imbues that character with this feeling of, like, the best word I can think of is knowingness. Like, he, there's so much happening. You get the feeling of this young person who's had to grow up fast. They have to know all these things because of his history, how he is trying to get ahead. Uh, He's very aware of his place in life, all these things. And it's... And how he and he knows how he has to present himself to the world and how the actor was able to like put this all forward in this package that seems so innocuous. You're like, here's this cute, small, dimpled,
3: <laughs> adorable and that person who's fucking dangerous. Hat. He's like everything about him is so um oh my god, everything about him is so harmless. Like he is like he is like a, a Venus flytrap. He's very like everything about him is very harmless and beautiful looking, but then it's like all of a sudden when he gets you in his trap, gone. Like he has this way to him. Like you're saying, yeah, that's like it's not even a Venus flytrap. Like what's something that's really looks really nice but is seriously dangerous. I feel like that that's what I like I'm trying to think of like what animal or beast.
2: My what my ex boyfriend. <laughs> That's it.
0: But it's like, (laughs) like, just. Real talk podcast. Like, we get to see as the viewer every time he drops the facade. Mm, That's our privilege as the viewers, is to get to see that. But, like, he just does that thing where he's like, the, like, my, like, the, the ingratiating smile, the wide eyes, the. The like putting myself down to make you bigger mm-hmm. to appeal to people and to know and and Jen talking about trauma like the bullshit that this person had to go through and yeah. and he could have been brash and wild and been like fuck you and I don't care and all this stuff but instead he like constantly puts himself in these kind of shitty situations in order to get a step ahead. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. when he gets kicked down the stairs, Jesus. Like, <sighs> what? What? And, and the little scene where they won't let him hold um, the baby, I, hold Jim yeah. Wing, yeah. I was just like.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, the show's doing the opposite with him as what they do with um, way with Sean, which is they are setting you up as a viewer to have as many reasons as possible to sympathize with him and to give him the
2: benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So well,
2: I have to, ex- go for it, go for it. Nope, right off okay. that. Okay, so and that's an excellent point um, that you know, we're set up to sympathize with him so that his betrayal is that much more painful at the end, right? The, I have to say, though, the narrative of the, of the series left me wanting towards the end. Like, it was unclear to me why we were in this temple. What the import of it was, um, it's, you know, and my understanding is that the book fleshes that out. I haven't gotten that far in the book. Um, and so that was actually a little bit of a letdown for me. Yeah. Um, the, the, the climax was a little confusing and to be frank, a little bit too talky. Um, I think
0: there's an entire episode of just talking.
3: Like the
2: yeah. next,
0: two to the last or the next to the last. I realized I finished it up and I was like, they just stood around in the space and talked about crap for an hour. I yeah. wish I
3: the book wasn't like that, but it's actually even crazier. And like the discussion that goes on, because <laughs> the discussion that goes on in there is great. Cause you're just like, everybody else is like, are you guys aware that there's stuff going down? And you just have characters. It's like these long discussions. <laughs> like, I kind of love it because it's, there's something so trashy about in a great way and i mean like in the like the there's like the soap opera kind of aspect to it that i think is really beautiful and you're just like what is going on uh like to to exist to survive 50 episodes of the show and get to that point you kind of have to embrace the trashing like soap opera-ness a little bit well i like the
0: fact that they'll stop the action to be like now we got to talk about crap for a while, both apparently in the book and in the show. They're like, we need to get this all out for a little while. Uh, I was, I, Marcus, I'm with you. I was very confused at the end and had to, I think I ended up looking up, like doing some Google searches to figure out what was the significance of the temple? What had happened? Like why this was a big deal? What exactly happened at the end? Yeah. Um, because it's stuff of, when we were talking about understanding the cultural um, background, like with Taoism and all, I'm seeing it, I'm trying to pull this all together in my brain. the The whole thing with Jin Guanyao in the end, when he he almost wants to bring Leng Chen with him mm. to whatever this fate is at the end, and then pushes him away. It's because his soul is going to be trapped. Yeah and like he is now off the wheel like he's off the reincarnation wheel like there is it's kind of a hopeless situation and he doesn't want Lanji Chen with him for that and that's stuff that like doesn't like without any sort of context I was like so he's like you stabbed me and I love you but I don't love you be with me don't go something that everything's falling what the fuck is happening and that was I don't know if any of that is explained in the book
3: Uh, They don't go that well they don't go there is the assumption I think in the the novel that you under either you understand those things or you don't and you're Mm -hmm. just sort of going along for the narrative I did not know as deeply as that and like that brings a new significance that I want to go back and rewatch it um I actually think that part of why the end in the show is so weak is because they took the queerness out of it I mean that is okay spoiler alert um, in the books, that's when when everything is going on, and you're finding out all this, and in the midst of it, like Wei Wuxian's like, I don't care. He's like, he's being held by somebody, and he's like, he's like, and he just like, yells at Lan Wangji. He's just like, Lan Wangji! Earlier! I didn't realize! I'm so stupid! I don't get things! I love you! You love me! I want you! You're my only person! And he's like, yelling and declaring his love, and everybody else is like, what is going on? And that scene has while it's important what's going on with Ching Gwangau, it is the queer love declaration between the two of them. And it's the character finally like having the boom, like the, the <laughs> moment where like everything like finally hits. And he's like, holy shit, I'm in love with you. And I didn't realize it. And I also didn't realize because I'm a jerk that you've been in love with me since forever. And I have tormented you. Like he literally is just like, and like Lamonji, I'm not going to spoil it because you need to go back and read it. But like, there's a, there's a good amount that's hugging after that. People <laughs> hugging and crying. Hugging and crying. It's out the of Pride and Prejudice it's ending. What look forward to, all of you guys, is it's very Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Marcos, you're, you're muted. muted.
2: So I'm only a little way through the book, right? But it, it seems to me that the difference between the book and the series is that Wei Xin is not in love as soon as Long One g is in the series, but the feeling is mutual pretty early on, right? Well, in the book, it's only after he comes back that the, the feeling is reflected. Am I right about this?
3: You're correct, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I was going to ask everybody if they have their own ideas of when, when each character clued into that they loved each other, because I, my personal opinion is that Lan Zhan didn't pick up that he really loved Wei Wuxian until Wei Wuxian drops off the cliff. Like oh. I think, I, I think he had an affection for him, but did not realize he loved him until that in the ensuing years. I think Wei Wuxian was like, too fucking preoccupied with all the bullshit happening in his life and didn't really catch on me. until like way yeah. like into the, the future times. Mm. Uh, and I can't actually pinpoint an exact moment. Like, I think they knew that they cared about each other, but I think those moments were different and happened at different times.
2: Yeah. see. I, I'm going to disagree with you about Lamanji. Mm-hmm. I think the kite scene early on. Yes.
3: Oh, yes! oh with, the, with the... Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's like a revelation for him. And he sees Wei Wuxian in this completely different way. Yeah. And there's this look in his eye where it's like, boom, the lightning bolt has hit.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think 100% right there with you. And I actually just went back and rewatched that. And what's beautiful is like, they're sitting there next to each other because, like, Wayvashan is just like I think he doesn't get it, but I think he, I think it's true love, kind of from the beginning. What I love about true love stories, and we don't get enough, like, public, like this, this successful of a true love story for queer people, is like they, the true love happened from the beginning. You go back and watch it; the very first moment, it is there, and it's just the idea of discovery, right? And I think for for wait for Lanjan, he approaches it like no, I'm not in love with you, like whatever, I hate you. Like he comes forward like you draw, no, you're everything I don't, nope, nope, didn't plan for this. But also because I think he's like what feelings, nope. And I think he in his mind is like nope. Wei Rushan is like, Wei Rushan's just like a rebel. Wei Rushan's this this he doesn't care, he's vapid, whatever. But then that moment where they're like holding the balloons, and I feel like you can see because Wang Yubo's amazing that like. Lan Zhan is like oh I'm just ready for him to like say something that's stupid and then when he truly from his heart is like to always like I forget one of you might know exactly what he says and I'm a bad fan but like when he's saying like to always work for justice and commit himself to justice one it goes back to Yan Li who always tells people like Wei Wushan is he acts silly but he is very when he is serious he is very serious and I think there's that moment Oh man, I'm with you, Marcos. Where I'm about to screen grab it and send it to you guys
0: because it is the oh. Fuck oh no, I know I'm that. Right. No, I know the scene you're talking about, and to me, that was like that's like a big step on his path for me. Mm. It's like a big. It may not be the it moment, but it
2: is a moment. Yeah, mm. but but counter argument. I <laughs> th- he has hey, to Marcus, be Marcos. I love-
0: just want to say in this argument. Everybody wins. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, yes. True. No, true, true. But he had to have been in love earlier because he would not have written the song that he mm-hmm. that he sang, you know, in the cave of the tortoise of slaughter if he had not already been consciously in love.
4: Mm-hmm. I I feel like the I get your interpretation of it, Amy, um, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there's like a couple of real resistance unknowing moments that you see leading up to the lantern. And then I do feel like the lantern is the conscious moment. And also what's so interesting is that I, I feel like um, he just kind of accepts it immediately. Cause after that, his lo- like his loyalty is two Wei Wushan. He loves him. He's going to write a song about him now. Uh, and uh <laughs> But also it feels to me like he is also like, Wei Ruchan's never going to love me. Like he's also just kind of like, I'm going to follow you around and you're like a goofy guy who will get married to a woman eventually and you're never going to love me because Wei Ruchan is so clueless. Like sexuality isn't even a thing yeah. for him. Um, so I, and I, I do agree with how much later it, it comes upon him that he's like, oh, I didn't know what love is. This is what being in love is. Oh, okay, then I've been in love this whole time.
0: I, I will admit that my my viewpoint is also tinged by the fact that I love a fucking tragic story. Like if there is some way to have like pain wrapped up in the whole interpretation, I'm like, oh, I'll take sad. I'll take the I'll take the slightly sad. So for me, like, M1G not realizing how he really felt until Wei Wuxian was gone mm-hmm. is very
3: much my. That's it's very interesting. Much I think it's
4: sadder that he knew. I think it's sadder
3: that he knew because he's like, I never told you, and he was trying to hold on to him, and he and he said, and God, the beauty of going, Lanjan, let me go. Like, there's something about oh, that God. so beautiful of him being like, let me go, and and I actually do want to speak up here. I mean this, like, I I think in the true Scorpio way, in the true way um, with Sean, Halloween birthday way. I tried every way I could to not be way with Sean. Like I was constantly fighting it. Like no, no, no. the most way that I am way with Sean is like, I literally won't realize I'm in love with somebody. Like I know I'm in love with him, but I don't realize it until something happens. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm sorry. I'm totally in love with you. You know? And I've had multiple people who I realized I was in love with later being like, I so had a thing for you. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I just needed somebody to hit me. And I feel like with, with way with Sean, because he is such a, emotional character, it's like he has loved him from the beginning, but it's like unquestionable. But he doesn't think about his romance, right? And I, and in the books, you actually find out that he truly is a virgin, that like he, and I, that goes to the kink a bit, which we haven't talked about fully. But in the books, what's beautiful is like, you find out that Lan Jen's like, I know you're a player and I know you've got all these girlfriends you slept with all these people. Like, it's like very much like, I know I have to catch up. And he's like, no, dude, I don't, everybody just says that. Like, I just, I'm not. In, I haven't done anything ever. It's like just you're swagger. <laughs> it is like well, for Scorpios, we are known. People think that we're giant sex machines, and you're like, dude, no. Like, like I had so many times where, as I said, like I was like ringing the dinner bell, waiting for people to like come around when I was lonely, and everybody's like, well, I was gonna ask you out, but I figured I'm like, what? I was literally sitting around like, somebody, please give me emotions and stimulate my genitals. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and so like, and so like, I think. I think to the, I know, sorry, Amy, <laughs> welcome to this podcast. And this is why you can't have me on it. But <laughs> but I do agree where I think like it hit truly for Lan Zhan at the le- lantern lighting. Because he had done all these reasons why he wasn't, even though he felt that pull. Cool. When he heard the true soul of Wei Wushan was that, right? Because that ceremony is very, very sacred. And and like, I think that Wei Wushan just didn't, because realized it because he always thought that Lan Zhan was like his person. Like he didn't even question it. And he's like, Oh, in the novels it's like, he's just discovering. Cause he's never had like sex before or anything, all these feelings. And he's like, Oh, Oh, like he thinks like, Oh, I'm not good enough for Lanjan, So Lan Zhan's just messing with me. It's no big deal. But like that temple scene, when you get to it in the book, like he is just like, I'm, again, not going to give it away too much, but my greatest joy is going to be Marcos when you get there because it is the one moment when Lanji Chen lets it go and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, he literally, like, no, he, like, drops it. And Jen knows, like, he drops it. He's, like, looking at Wei Wuxian, he's like, are you kidding me? Like, he lays, he reads and lays into Wei Wuxian about the whole thing. <laughs> I can't wait because it is, and again, and then Way Rishan's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and it's such a beautiful moment. So I, I think Way like from the books, he didn't know until actually, like, until actually the it's the temple scene where he finally's like, "Oh shit!" and it like unlocks. I think. I don't know. I think like in the show there's a part of me that wants to believe like, I don't know. I don't know when we were on the show. I'd like to hear other like, people. I feel like it might, maybe would be
0: that scene where they're on the Koi Tower stairs and he's like, Lanjean, okay. you can, you can deny everything and I'll take care of this. And Lanjean is like, no, I am not making that mistake again. Yeah. And I'm with you. And that's the look like I always think of that, I think I mentioned a previous episode where somebody, somebody on Twitter was saying that they watched this with like their grandma, and later their grandma came back and was like, "Are they gay?" Because friends don't look at friends like that. And I think of that, <laughs> yeah, that scene where they're like, they're looking at each other like nothing else exists in the world. Yeah, uh,
4: this and- is what happened with my dad. Because I was watching, when I peeled away from watching with you guys, and I was watching uh, at home, uh, he was always, you know, in the background, just sort of seeing it. And I told him, I was like, part of why I'm really into this is because it has like queer undertones. And I could tell that he was like, you think everything has queer undertones, whatever. <laughs> um, but then, like a couple of episodes in, he just stopped. And he was like, oh, they really are in love with each other. And I was like, yes, this is what yeah. I've been trying to tell you. And he wasn't watching the show. Maybe Bob is the person who noticed the moment. Maybe Bo- I should ask Bob. Because he, he, he really wasn't, he doesn't know any of their names. He wasn't paying any attention. He was literally going off of just seeing them on the screen and the music. He was like, I'm sorry. You were, yeah, you were right. They're gay. Yeah. But that, that
0: whole scene, there's like these people who are like shocked. This is the person. He's back from the dead. What are we going to do? We're going to fight him, and they everybody pauses, so that they can have this emotional moment. Of which I feel like <laughs> Lanzhan is like, "Well, you finally got with the fucking program, dude," <laughs> and that kind of did it for me. I don't know if that's a, 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 that's that's in the con, a, that's a contender for one of the moments for me.
3: That's a good point.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then the scenes shortly thereafter, where. Wei Wuxian is wounded in the rain and says, you know, everybody else has abandoned me, but you're with me and all of that. That's also, that's in a way his, his confession that he knows and his own confession of love in his own way. Totally. And and something that I wanted to say, because we've been talking about names for people who have not um, seen or read the book, seen the um, show or read the book, everybody has like
3: three names, three, yeah. three different yeah. names.
2: Right. And we've been using them without thinking about them. Like, oh. so like, like, so Wei Wuxian is the Yingling patriarch and he's Wei Ying. Right. And mm. so everybody's going to have multiple names. And so if we've confused you, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Go watch welcome, the show. Welcome this, to the show.
3: And that's a good point too, where I had ne- I had not thought about this. But Wei Wu Shan is the one who first, like, because you have to understand, like, uh, Lan Jan slash Lan Wan Ji slash Hang Wan Jun. So he, those are, and I'm probably saying it incorrectly, and I apologize. Um, but that's one person, that's Lan Zhan, like, one of the main guys. He, like, the most honor later on should be called Hang Wan Jun or should be called Lan Wan Ji. But, but Wei Wu Shan is the first one to call him Lan Zhan. Which is his that's like intimate. That's like being like, I'm intimate with you. And he then like kind of bristles at it, but then he starts playing Wei Ying. And like the way well, he says We Ying. I don't think the <laughs> don't Wei Ying know. comes <laughs> in.
0: If I remember correctly, Wei Ying doesn't come in until uh Wei Wu drops himself off the cliff. And well, he really? his name. I would have to go back girl. and double check that, but that no, may no. be no. the first
3: time. No, no, no. Because when he's drunk on the roof, one of my favorite moments Ooh. where he's like, drinking on his roof, he goes, he's like, Lan Zhan, I'll sleep on your roof tonight. And he falls, he passes out drunk. And like, like Lan Zhan just like takes him up and he goes, Wei Ying, I'm sorry, I have to go. And like, he says, like, he says it. And it's just like this loving, like, my darling. I although
4: must. i feel he says it but weighing is passed out at that time you know yeah. so it's like he's saying it in his heart already <laughs> but he's not putting it out yeah, it, into it. the world
3: what did i say about I like, like he, <laughs> the character may technically be aquarius but i really feel like he's a capricorn oh so he's a capricorn he's not aquarius i think they just did that to make it air to to like work i get that but i'm like He is not an Aquarius. Like, he is 100% a Capricorn. He's a Capricorn.
0: (laughs) I feel him. I feel him. I just want to point out so we have 45 minutes left to record. (laughs) Um, So I didn't know if we wanted to hit anything else here or kind of um, move on a little bit. I don't know if anybody has anything really. Yeah, go ahead,
3: yell. There's one point I want to bring up, and I'll leave like a moment for it because this was real to me. Back going to Jingguan Yao. I was listening to just a random playlist and I realized something. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Kim theme song is Reba McIntyre's Fancy. It's a hundred percent fancy <laughs> because that song is all about, we were living poor and my mom like sold everything she had to get me a fancy dance dress and like get me manners and said, I'm going to raise you up. And, and then Fancy had to be like, all right, this is messed up. I don't know what's going on, but I love my mama. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to dress fancy. I'm going to, I may have been born just poor white trash, but fancy was my name. And like, he goes and like works his way up. And I was listening to him. I was like, especially with the, the love and the respect of his mother and trying to bring her back to the wheel and the work with Quan Yin, who is like Quan Yin is, or Guanyin. Yin is the goddess of compassion who specifically is compassion for everybody and the healer. And so it's like he is healing his mother and you find out that this in the novel, you find out the statue, everybody at first is like, Oh, the statue is Jin Guangyao's face. It's like, no, it's his mother's. He even makes his mother's image in Quan Yin because Guanyin Yin was, his mother was the soul of compassion and gave everything for him to get him cultivator lessons. You find out in the book she got him cultivator lessons. She got him fancy outfits. She got him into the court and she worked as a prostitute. She was destitute. She was sick. She gave everything. And so he is fancy. And that's why I actually really love him too. I always love fancy. And I love the fact it is my go-to karaoke, but also, <laughs> and I love it because he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be a lady one day and I don't know when or how like, he's just like, I'm going to make this work and it's beautiful. So that's for the power hour. I meant to interject <laughs> it. There you go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I
0: second that. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of what I was thinking of when you were going on about you're talking about when
3: yeah. I also have a song for Lan Jan that I, I can interject. Go right ahead while I try to get my thought back. Vanessa Williams saved the best for last. <laughs> go with me. No, I mean this.
4: It's I don't 100% need to go with online. you. It, you are, are right.
3: Like Although those <laughs> that <laughs> with some silly girl have set you free. It's like all about being like, I have loved you from the beginning and I'm just going to hang out here because one day you're going to figure out. It's like the, the whole phrase of sometimes everything you're looking for is the one thing you can't see. Like I listened to it and I don't know why I was not in a show mood. And I was like, this is Lan Jan's song. And it really is like all of a sudden Wei Wushan wakes up and is like, Oh my God, you're, I'm in love with you. And Lan Jan's like, I knew you'd get here sometime.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, that is so wonderful. Yeah. Any Torch song is Lang jis <laughs> song. That is
3: true though. That is true. Mm-hmm.
0: I realized what I was thinking of was the fact I saw a tweet or something that was basically if uh, Jin Guan Yao's father, who was the head of the Jin sect, Jin clan at the beginning of the show, had not been such a piece of shit, nothing would have happened. There would have been no big conflict because he, I mean, he's a womanizer and he sleeps around and he has all these Children, he, he all these like, illegitimate children.
3: Looks like he should be in Boogie Nights. Like he's got. <laughs> he looks like he should be in <laughs> Nights. Like chain. He looks like a '70s swinger. Like when you look at him in the show. But the
0: whole thing of Jin Guanyao, and uh, you know, makes all of this happen because he is an illegitimate son, mm-hmm. and basically just wants to be recognized. And then Mojuan, uh, I can't pronounce Mo. I think it's pronounced he gives up his own body for Wei Wuxian to be reincarnated to to avenge him for all the wrongs. that he, He's another illegitimate son. And, like, all this shit could have been enjoyed, been avoided if this one guy had treated the women in his life. That's exactly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or just
4: kept it in his pants. You know? Or kept it in his pants. I you know, don't want...
3: I do love, like, they even go into it further in the novel about how Jin Guangyao kills him. Like... With the death by snoozing, as I call it, like death by sex from all the whores, mm-hmm. like, like whores so much, daddy. Here I'm going to give you whores, like. And I have to admit, again, my Scorpio heart loves it. Like I, that's one place I'm there for it. I'm like, mm. yeah. Well, that's watching right. it yeah. the sh- show, I was like, are they killing him the way that I? They are. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. they are. They are death by death by doing it. It's like, oh, you, all, that's all you care about people for that I'm going to pay people. You're to just going to expend all it's of just, your yang energy. I think. <laughs>
4: Just like it's a the core. Depletes the golden core.
0: <laughs> All the way. Um, was there anything else that anybody wanted to like, just yell about at this point? Otherwise I'm going
4: to. We're good. I, oh, Ooh, I yeah. think it's important for everybody to know that bunnies are a symbol. Yeah. Bunnies. Of queerness and gayness. If you don't know that there's bunnies throughout this and they, they're they're very gay they're gay bunnies so just they're FYI. very gay bunnies. and i have a i have a outside link outside of the show to
2: underscore that point later
0: <laughs> good and, um
2: and, and haven't some of you actually bought the bunnies
0: I know. Yep. Yes, my bunny is in the bedroom. But Brooke bought us the paired <laughs> way with Shannon one G. because
3: we are bunnies. because we're Capricorn and Scorpio. Yes, and so I got and the pair of them. So the we bathroom. have them. They're like our best friendship gay bunnies? Giant cultivator bunny. <laughs> like here you go. I have cultivator. I have gay cultivator bunnies with all my friends.
2: Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen the series yet or read the book and want swag there is swag to be had
0: yes it's on well you get these off of amazon but i <laughs> went looking for You're something everywhere. on aliexpress yeah. the other day and there's a lot there and etsy is your friend and please go to redbubble and there's a lot there's a lot there's there. a
3: lot of like, fan art too though i would say like a legitimate like Go look for actual fans oh. and support like artists and creators. Look at the, the faces are perfect. <laughs> yes, Look at they that. face. Cute. Look at <laughs> it. Well,
0: <laughs> Justin's now got an idea for his, uh, for the episode art. <laughs> we'll have to do something with the bunnies. Yeah. Um, so moving along, just because I know that Marcus has a, a hard out on time. So, um, I didn't want to cut it too short. I did want to touch on, and we've, we've kind of woven this through the entire discussion about um, associated topics. Uh, Jen had mentioned a Twitter thread and the user was Peanut Poppy. That is the one about uh, Taoist ideas that clarify sign- significant things that happened in the show, in particular the reincarnation stuff. Um, which I just wanted to, I forgot to mention it earlier, but the thing to me, because I love fucking tragedy, is the years that Wei Shan is dead, Lang Wangji is constantly playing inquiry to try to find his spirit to talk back to him, and he he never gets an answer, and therefore he thinks that Wei Wu-Shan has fallen off the wheel of reincarnation and is lost.
1: Which apparently canonically is only in the song um because all of these characters have songs that the actors sing um but it's in the, it's in I think the Landwenji song that he's playing um inquiry but it's nowhere else that's good enough for me
0: mm. yeah
1: oh no it's fine <laughs> that is great um i uh there is the
0: uh twitter uh person uh, Shirenje Zhao, who is a great Twitter follow, I definitely recommend their account, um, does a cultural annotation of The Untamed, as well as Chinese history and culture threads. So this will all be in our um, in our show notes, so you can check the links. Also does fantastic ones about Mulan, both the original animated and the live action. Um, and I would recommend following them or checking those out. Um, I had shared with everybody a glossary of terms for this style of, uh, media, which is, uh, immortal mountain on WordPress. So I'm going to put that in the show notes, um, so that people, if people want to watch this and maybe want to get up to, I read it and I was like, oh, if I'd known that these were the conventions of the stuff of the genre, I would have, so many things would have been so much clearer other than me being like, it's gay wizards. I have no (laughs) idea what's happening. Um, Jen, there's your example. Jenna given us some examples of why the Vicki translations are better because they give us an idea of the cultural points that aren't, um, that we don't I mean, necessarily I certainly
4: get. would not have known that a damn duck is slang for a male prostitute yeah. without this example. No. And now I do know that. So my life is richer. That's true. And then...
0: So we mentioned the novel a bunch. Brooke, you're the only person I think who's finished it. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the
3: novel? I'm sort of surprised that I'm the only one who's finished it. But I will say that's because I love Hannibal and got into Hannibal because of you and Jen. Like, started Mm -hmm. watching it because of you guys. And I loved it. But what's crazy is that The Untamed is the very first, like, true fandom that I've gone crazy over. Like, I was like, I need to read all of this, like, and I have not felt that pull. And I think there's something, um, like I was definitely jealous. Like there's a lot of me like watching friends being really into things. And like, this is something that sort of was the first igniter. So I will say, um, you know, book wise, I think one, you know, you get so much more richer into both of their experiences and both of what they're thinking. So one thing that's really, okay, I'll go through a couple, like, book moments, and I apologize that they're a little bit out of order, but, like, one of my favorite book moments is when they're finally together after everything's happened. I think it's one of the, like, first annotated stories afterwards. Um, You know how we hear in the very beginning of the show where where Wei Wushan, it's actually during episode six, which is what I told everybody to get to, the drinking episode, where Wei Wushan is being kind of like an ass to Lamuji and being like, oh, nobody's gonna want to marry you. Like, I'm surprised, like, you know, what would your mother say? And, And, like, Lan Chen's like I don't have a mother, and you know Wei Wushan is like everybody has a mother, idiot. And then he's like, oh, Um, but he hears that story about Lan Chen's mother and his parents, and then Wei Wushan shares about his memory, and it's that memory of like him laughing on the donkey's back um, with his mom by the side and his dad pulling the reins and him laughing. Right in the show, that comes back in some flashbacks, but we're done in the novels. There's a beautiful thing of when he finally gets together with Lan Jan where he's like, Okay, so um Lan Jan, like, can you um hold the reins like this? He literally architects everything. So like Lan Jan is like there in his like dad's stead. And so like he's there being led, and it's like this beautiful moment of being like, it's like he's like, huh, it all came together. It's like I use that as, and also we get to meet Mian Mian again in depth, grown ass Mian Mian after she said, screw you, Jin clan and what she has built. Awesome. Like you get to meet these, there's these beautiful moments that just circle back. That's what's so frustrating is now rewatching the show. I'm like, you could have cut something like in this part, like, holy crap. You could have cut coffin city a little bit and like, just given us like some of the, the addendums. Um, So I think those parts are beautiful. You, you actually, there's a lot more sympathy for Jen Chang for his brother, for you understanding how much his brother like gave up for Wei Wuxian. Like here's a kid who was the only like little kid and he gives up for this other kid out of goodness and then finds out that he loves him. And you see the love between these two brothers. Whereas I feel like in the show, he gets the asshole treatment like pretty, pretty soon on. Um, you learn to actually really love jeng chang even if you're like i you still annoy me you actually understand there's a true relationship between the two of them as humans which i think is very beautiful well yeah yeah,
0: he's very annoying but also i am on the their mom was a toxic parent train she may have been a badass but she was a terrible parent and so i have a lot of sympathy for a character who was raised without really good parenting somebody who was like begrudging of their affection if their child didn't meet the uh the completely ridiculous standards that they have and another parent who just rolled over at the drop of a hat and then you have this person who has no way to process their emotions or their feelings and just uses anger as a reaction and like sorry that's my little like he's not my most favorite character but I I'm not uh, there seems to be a lot I get an impression that there's sort of a fandom
3: not like of him and it I don't like that because I'm like well and they get even a little bit more into the idea that part of why she was toxic was because um Jen Chang's father was in love with Wei Wuxian's mother but she wasn't in love with him and so she went off and did her thing he went off and then was like okay and did what was right but she was always angry because she wanted to like his wife. She wanted to control everything and knew that he was always in love with Wei Wuxian's mom. And then when he brought him in, it's like, oh, he was always in love with her kid. And then there's a lot more talk in the book about whether or not Wei Wuxian might be the actual son of the Jang clan, like actually be a bastard son um, mm-hmm. because of that relationship. <coughs> More sympathy for the characters, you see a more like roundedness to them, and it goes. And it the books take that like one thing I think is beautiful is they take the idea that you should learn to like learn and respect a little bit about everybody, even if they're not great. You should learn and respect a little bit about them. Um, so yeah, and then and then, like okay, then there's the questionable scene of um during the big old gin night hunt. Where Wei Wushan is sleeping in the tree and Lan Jan comes and blindfolds him with his red ribbon and something occurs. And so, like, there is this, like, there's stuff like that where you're like, whoa, like, there's more kink moments, definitely more kink in the in the novel, way more kink. Um, but kink, I am very thankful for because I think it's really awesome to see, like, that type of brat sub that is Wei Wushan kink. And the, like, dominant, like, kind of service, but way more dominant top that, and, like, that Lan is, that comes a lot more into the book. But, like, there's moments like that where you get to see a lot more of, like, the evolution of them as people and everybody as people, I'd say. And the sex scenes are pretty awesome. Like, I'm just to be honest. Like, I'm way into the sex scenes. For the most part, there's a couple stories. But, like, when you're having... Such awesome sex! You're breaking a bathtub. I'm here for it. Like, go well, find
0: the a, book. Usually, you don't get that stuff except through fanfic. So, to see how it moves from canon out of canon back into fanfic, mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. it's like kind of. It seems like the fanfic cannot. It can't top the source material. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
3: thank you, Brooke, for the web sure. novel yeah, section. Because I'm like, I haven't, I haven't like three quarters the way work. through it. Get through it for the interpersonal richness. Stay for sex that breaks a bathtub.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting, right? Because so much fanfic is about, yeah, is slash fanfic that is putting people together who are not together officially in, the, in canon. And what we have with this is a complete reversal, right? That... In the show, they're officially not together, but in in the book, which is the ultimate canon, they are.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so that that relation between the narratives and what that does to fanfic is really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I didn't realize until after I watched the show that that in the web novel, the only canon couple are. Wei Wuxian and Lan Wangji. Mm-hmm. Because the show, I was like, you, the, when they first all show up at Cloud Recesses and they're presenting the gifts and Jin Guan Yao, like, who was known as Meng Yao at that point, like stares at Lan Ji Chen. I'm like, oh, there's more couples. Mm. Though there, it's never made, I mean, they all it's all subtext in the show. And then I found out later, oh no, they aren't a couple in the web novel. But to then to see how Thick writers have taken all the possible permutations of together you know like people are they pair these people together these people together and so but you always have that core you have your main couple who are always together canonically in all aspects
3: yeah yeah that's a good point i think one other one other quick one that just got brought up too is the novel you get a lot more of just fearless queerness where in the novel it's brought up where like they are living and existing already as like husband and wife in so many ways, even before they declare their love. Like there's stuff brought up about the fact, which I then learned from going back from the show. So like when they are going and visiting the um, town, and they're in the tavern where the the um, where Zhu Yang went and killed the whole group of people. Like remember, there's a whole family that gets killed, and they're oh, like yeah. that. Um, you they they actually raise the significance better in the book of things like like Lan Jan going and like buying the food and drinks for Wei Wuxian, like going down and buying it. And that is something that a husband or a wife, it's a very intimate thing to go and be the person to buy the food to serve. And it's like, he will pull stuff out and somebody will make a note and he's like, we'll just give them a face and just be like, I don't care. Fuck it. Like literally. And so you love part of why, why I also go back to him, him being a Capricorn, you get the Lan Jan Capricorn better in the book of like, Oh Yeah. Fuck you. I don't care. You don't tell me what to do. I know that I'm a good person. Screw you. Like there's the rebellion. And he does that so many times where he is taking the role of the husband. And it's very much called out in the, in the novel a little bit. I don't mean very much big, but it's more apparent. And Wei Wuxian is, is deciding to be like, yes, I like being taken care of. Like, yes, I like you and I trust you.
1: Yeah. And then, so this brings us to the, to the points of the stuff that they were able to sneak into the show as subtle like, yeah, we really know that they're like a couple and they're going to get married, Um, including like the chicken scene. (laughs) And when they go to Wei Wujian's ancestral uh, altar and they do three bows before his ancestors, that's not done unless you're a married couple. Like that would not happen. Um, And then there's the lucky money scene where they run into Mian Mian and um, Wei Wujian's like, Come on, give the kids some lucky money um and that's only done between married couples, yep,
3: yeah, correct. oh, that's so beautiful, you're so right um I was trying to think of the there was one other one that I think was brought up too. um oh, in the you know in um the novel, they also put a fine appointment during the, the chicken scene um. They put a finer point on it where part of what's done in the chicken scene, in the novel, I don't remember this happens in the show is drunk Lan Jan. Like he, because he's talking to Wei Wuxian about how Wei Wuxian has been poor, like takes his gold and gives it to Lan Jan. And is like, here gives this big bold thing. And like, and like Wei Wuxian's like, Oh my God. Like, are you sure Lan Jan? And he's like, now I'm rich. Now I won't need to like ask you to pay for things anymore. And Lan Jan just goes quiet and he goes, no. And he takes his money back. And he tucks it back away <laughs> because he's very much like, I want you to meet. Need- no, I'm not going to allow you to not meet me. Like he was trying to like, I will give you everything. And when Sean's like, Oh, well, thank you. No, I don't have to take stuff from you. He's like, no, <laughs> mine, which there's a lot more mine moments with Lan Jen in the novel, which I love where he is literally like, he's mine. Get away from it. Which as a Scorpio, we love it. <laughs> thank you brooke
0: <laughs> i'll get around to it eventually i know i'm looking forward to i think i was like rewatching. i was re-watching the show and reading fix and trying to read the book out at the same time and i was like this is too like i didn't know what if i was coming or going it was like they were all mixed up in my head
3: i still think i might skim through a just crate for like everybody like if you'd like to like here's brooke's like supercut of the book if you yeah. want to just like zoom through some parts i'm like three quarters
0: of the that way through it i made it through the east city arc i'll get there eventually Ooh. um so instead of wrecking stuff outside or adjacent to um our our source material this time uh i just pulled together and jen pulled together um a wreck section of fix and other fan works that we like related to um related to I was going to say, with this, you'll find a lot of people will mark stuff that they're basing it off of show canon, off of um, book canon, off of, like, the anime canon, or they'll crisscross. So you will will see a lot, like, if you've only, I think, experienced one, things that may seem a little different because people are mixing and matching what they're pulling from. Um but I am going to, I will post all these links. There is a great Dream With thread I've mentioned before, I think, from Stulio Quintia, which is a great, uh, gives a sort of rundown of what the show is about and a good starter fic and video list of what to read. Um, some of my personal favorite fix are from Hans Beckart's A Lot of Edges Called Perhaps. I'm also going to link a great Twitter thread that they did about writing uh, in general. They did a kind of a Q&A. Um, but this, I, I mentioned that I like sort of a tragic edge to things. I always like a bittersweet sadness to my media. Um, and in this it is about Wei Wuxian finally coming back past you know, it's the end of the show he finally does his wandering he comes back Lan Zhan is um is injured and they finally get together and I like the fact that um it talks about Wei Wuxian after all the shit that has happened to him after being dead after coming back after times when he had to think about other things of finally being able to be in his own body and and to enjoy himself at times when he wasn't and the quote i pulled was remembering that he and his body had loved each other when they were young how long it had been since his body had been anything but a tool for him a way to move from place to place an instrument to kill and defend with and it was like such a like like i'm reading this and i was like oh
1: God, like it's a good one
0: in in all this epicness of the story to bring things in so intimately and to point out that when somebody is trying they're trying to like save the goddamn world and at that time you don't think about like any of us when we're trying to get shit done we may not necessarily think about our bodies and to be at the point where you're able to pull yourself back into it I love that a lot. Um, also, one of my favorites that I got Jen to read finally was Joe LaSalle's The House of Ill Repute, where they have to uh, overnight in a brothel during a rainstorm. Oh no, there's only one bed.
1: Oh no. oh no! Only one bed! And everyone around them is having sex. What will they do? Yeah.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> and it, But it was, I love what I describe as fix that. Uh, contain the, dis- the, I don't know if this is a word to describe it, but I use it to describe writing like this, which is things that have interiority. They have a feeling of being inside and often the setting they're put in creates this feeling of like inclusion and um, and being in a small space. And so they're in this brothel and they're eating in front of a fire and it's just, it it for being about people getting together in a brothel, it's really cozy. <laughs> but Wei Wuxian is doubting Lan Zhan's, not his love, but his intentions. And then realizes that merely the fact that Lan Zhan is there with him is the important part. And uh, the line is, Lanjan goes around with the yielding patriarch and pours him wine and shares a bed with him in brothels and kisses him like a drowning man. These are not doubts. But I love, like, I can't deal with that. <laughs> I love the word goes around with the, like, he says, fuck all y'all. I'm going around with this person that you all have decided may or may not be good and I don't give a shit and I'm mm-hmm. going to stand by
1: him. I love it. Uh, Jen, you had here. When- yeah. So um, I have plucked the stars by Exoscopy um, on Archive of Our Own, and so I, Amy and I both have been reading a ton of Untamed Fantasy,
0: hundreds and of probably I've probably read over a million words and
1: yeah. So it, I had to pick from like I there are so many that I love, but I knew our list was going to be long, and this one rose to the top because it's so different. Um, it it's so different on one hand it's just a fix it fic for um, my favorite couple but um it the description is somewhere on earth jin ganyao Gangya, has returned and chen lets out a breath he has been holding for 108 years um, and it's it's a fix it fic where they're able to have a conversation about what happened that long ago Um, and on another level, it's just the weirdest story because it's very, um, it takes place in this otherworldly ghost realm and Jingang Yao has has risen to the top of Ghost King, um, and lords over this really strange, strange thing. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. But if you like, like, weirdness like I do, um, and also like just them being able to get together again and have a steep conversation about like, what the fuck? Um, I really loved it.
0: I read it and I would definitely recommend I, when I read fix, I always try to like contextualize the visualization in my head of scenes like I try to put them in a place and a time in the scene and I had to just kind of let it go and just read it for the context, like the words and the feelings and the details and not try to constantly be like, well, this looks like this and this sets like this. And this is what's happening. Like
1: just sort of yeah. experience the details of it. A lot of it happens in this weird astral ghost realm. <laughs> We're always here for astral ghost realms.
3: Which I love. <laughs> yes.
1: It was good. Jen
0: led me in the right direction. <laughs> um, under art, I am going to link, I found it through a Tumblr. It's username Don De, Dake? D-O-N D-A-K-E. But it is a reposting of a Chinese artist who has done art for the show in the style of classical Chinese art. Some of it is designed to, as if it was laid out on a fan, which I particularly loved. And I wish I could buy prints, but I cannot find their stuff for sale that I, or I can figure out how to buy it, but it is beautiful. So I'll put links to that. If anybody wants to experience it, Jen, you have,
1: i found this artist who I love their stuff and they're only on Twitter. And again, I can't figure out where to buy anything, Um, but it's um, M M U N G nothing on Twitter. Um, and the one I posted is of, uh, well, we won't talk about spoilers, but I thought it was really adorable.
0: <laughs> it is Lang Wanji holding a small child curled up in his arms. Oh, yes, yeah, a small child. And it is beautiful. <laughs> at cloud recesses. <laughs> and tugs at my heartstrings. Um, under fan vids, and there are a lot out there, uh, one that I particularly loved was the YouTube user Brybird they did a piece to marina of marina and the diamonds karma and titled it this is my call out post for jin Guanyao now with visuals and it is masterful they do a great job they really 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 get some of the scene uh visuals tied to the lyrics it is great um, and then as an aside, Shana, thank you for bringing up the bunnies. Um, this is not an untamed video, but the short film called Kiss of the Rabbit God by Andrew Thomas Huang. It is a short film about the uh sexual awake- sexual and um yeah, sexual awakening of a young man who is being visited by the rabbit god Tur Shen, who is the patron god of gay people in I guess in Chinese. I don't think it's, uh, I don't know enough about it to say if he is a traditional god, but there is a story about um, a man being turned into this rabbit god and then becoming the patron saint for gay people. And it is visually beautiful.
1: Yeah, it was done by um, a guy who does a lot of Bjork videos. Oh, nice. Um, So, yeah, it's really gorgeous. And as far as I can tell, the rabbit god mythology was kind of like, reclaimed um by lgbtq people and in taiwan there's a temple for him where a lot of gay folks go to get married
0: yeah that was really i would need to watch that again because it was beautiful um random fun stuff uh twitter user hello taylor's watch thread is particularly delightful because you can watch the. um, uh watch the show, not realize what's happening, and swing back around later and be like, oh shit, that comment I made like a month ago, now I realize what was happening. It's kind of like my rewatching it myself, seeing them clue into things. Um, Twitter user Anarcho Wennings, the untamed characters as Bath and Body Works products <laughs> was okay. funny and so good. shit. <laughs> So for everyone, I could have quoted the entire thread, but if for some reason I pulled the wen cow who's like our dumbass bad guy at a point. He is the product, black tie. People buy this because it smells like, quote, a man has been there. I don't understand the appeal, but maybe that's because I'm a lesbian. The only way I can describe is a fuckboy smell, specifically a fuckboy who was moments away from overpaying for weed. Oh
3: my god, it's so This entire- is entire
0: really beautiful thread is amazing also like they did one of the things is apple scented and they're like it's little apple self-explanatory
3: <laughs> damn right well we didn't even really talk about little apple uh, little apple's <laughs> great um, um and, that totally ties into the fact that you know my distinguished children they decided while we were watching this with jen to um label all the clans as different shoe companies and so they started with like the wen clan who was Skechers. they're like obviously <laughs> Skechers. And what's terrible is like a moment where you have the pause, and then Jen and I both just lost it because we're like, "Oh shit, kids just read them." Like, yeah, they're sketchers. You they think they're cool, but they're sketchers. right? And so, and and it was very interesting to listen to them. They they got all of them. They're like, um, so Jen Clan was um their uh, Yeezys. Jen is Yeezys. Um, my one of my favorite ones was the the Zhang Chen Clan is Adidas because they're the sporty ones. So I was like. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, Wei Wushan is Adidas. That makes sense. It was just hilarious. They went down the whole thing, um, but hard going to get into that. That's a great recommendation. It is. I It is. They do everybody. It's amazing. Um,
0: <laughs> there is also the amazing thread from uh, Twitter user back to Gusu underscore Gifts. The iconic entrance into the Guanyin Temple plus popular songs. A thread, and it is when Zheng Chen shows up with his purple whip at the temple, busting through the doors. Except set to different music, it starts out with immigrant song, and it's just so good. There. I know I was sending this it's to so Marcos and being like, "Look at this one! <laughs> it's amazing." It's um, so and YouTube user a- a- Awen, which is Wei Wishan playing the flute, shilly for six minutes and forty six seconds. Hilarious. So,
1: shit.
0: so it's like the Shreds videos. It's just in particular because at the beginning when he comes back and he's playing terribly and Jing uh, Jin Ying Li is uh, on. Oh no, it's a, one of the ducklings is on a roof and he's like, Who's playing so terribly? <laughs> and they have to get <laughs> this terrible music. There's a some shit going on. There are some funny people in this fandom. Um, and Jen, you gave us.
1: The, Un- uh, the untamed as BuzzFeed Unsolved. Oh, that was so good. It's so good. Chef. It's just funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like the I pulled the quote and every episode escalated in terms of how hot I was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like, Dean Wei Wuxian does get hotter. And it's just it just escalates. The goth hotness just yes. escalates.
0: This like barely scratches the surface of the amazing output I have seen. Yeah. From mm. the fandom Mil- like I said, over a million words of fanfic at this point.
3: Yeah. So much good fanfic. And I actually just want to jump in as a guest. Fanfic. I don't know if like any of the other guests had a fanfic, but my one recommendation <laughs> is probably the most wholesome one, even though like I'm way into kink is um, called spoiling Lan gen by free mind and soul. And it's all about Wei Shan setting up a little scavenger hunt for Lan gen throughout his day like in all these sneaky ways just to show him he loves him. And it's, 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 it's wholesome, wholesome. Yes, go.
2: No, I read it. It was very cute. It was very cute.
3: It's just precious. It's, a little, it's like sometimes <laughs> it's a little precious. I do
0: love the fun and I do love the precious as much as, I mean, I need that stuff to balance out the pain that I love. Yes, to I follow. Love pain in.
3: Too. I'm with you. I'm like, give me the like dramatic pain, heart wrenching, but every once in a while, give me then that. So I can like recover a little bit and go back. Yeah. It's the aftercare for going back to can It's the aftercare. Mm-hmm. Let's like, give you all that after that.
0: So I think in the interest of not losing anybody because of time constraints, <laughs> I think we're good for now. For now, <laughs> we can always come back to this later. If people need. Um, I didn't know if anybody here wanted to share where we can find you online for
4: anything. Um, yeah, I have a podcast uh, that producer Justin uh, is audio engineering. That's so a little tie-in. Um, it's new. It's called Dirty Laundry: Unpacking the Costume Closet. Uh, And it is about the intersection of social issues and costumes, specifically theatrical costumes. So our first episode is out now. It's about feminized labor. And in the upcoming year, we're going to be talking about stuff like cultural appropriation, degendering costume stock, fat phobia, disability access, all through a lens of costumes in theater but it's not just for theater professionals it's for anybody who's enthusiastic about uh live performing arts um and you can find us at dirty laundry the podcast dot com
0: sweet thank you shayna does anybody else have anything they want to plug or you know remain anonymous
3: <laughs> slightly I mean, anonymous like, you can find me at either at wild polymath on like twitter instagram or if you like Peloton, you can find me as Beewushan. So if you want to ride on a cycle with me, I'm Bei Um Other than that, I'd rather keep my, my entity hidden. That's why. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. For, oh, wait, Marcus, did you want to say something?
2: I just want to say I'm a creature of the, of the previous millennium, so I don't have any way to get in touch with me.
0: <laughs> you just, like, came out to, like talk about this with us and then you to disappear again. Person here,
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Does. Um, well, I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us. I know we've all been yelling about this in person and through a very long Facebook messenger thread now for months and months and Trash months. Boyfriends. And it has been delightful. I love getting to yell about things that I love with somebody else, which is why I have a podcast. And uh, I think Jen and I are glad to use our uh, power for good. Yes. I use our podcast power for good and have you all with us. So thank you. Um I'm going to do our little ending bit here and then we'll be wrapped up. Uh, so, you can visit Headful of Hannibal at head Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hanni on Twitter. And you can email us at headfullofhannibal at gmail.com. So, we plan on our next episode of getting back to our usual format. Uh, we are working on season three and uh, just talking about fandom and wrapping up uh, or talking about the um, episode wrap ups. And I don't know, the way things are progressing maybe there'll be a season four by the time we're done.
1: Maybe Maybe. it will go on. I
0: don't know. Please everybody like put your wishes out into the world. Um, So thank you for our guest. Thank you uh, you. for anybody listening to this who decided to take a chance on an unusual episode. We hope you might check out the untamed and enjoy it as much as we did. Uh, We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.